All right. We're here. Fucking live and in person. Live and nice. in person. Which is yep. nice because uh, it's been a while. We've survived another lockdown. <laughs> I know. Wild, uh, wild occurrences. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that we were both able to get our negative COVID tests in on time so we can get this recording in. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, guys. Like, this yeah. is, we're serious about yeah, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The nurse just left. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a real crotchety nurse, too. So that's why you know that it's a real nurse because, yeah. like, she's just, yeah. she's disgruntled. She knows her job very yeah. well, but yeah. she doesn't want to be there any more than you do. <laughs> Funny that's thing is, is I do have a mark on my arm from the blood work that I had the other day. So it works out well, although the testing for COVID is not blood related. <laughs> not even a little bit. No. 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 They shoved that thing right up your nose. Yeah. Have you had one done? Yes. Yeah. Mine wasn't bad, though, and I was told that it was done the wrong way, but. Oh, it came back negative, so I didn't give a fuck. Oh, so then you got the <laughs> results that you wanted. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's All like good. a campaign not really going your way, but you still getting voted in as president. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what the hell that means. I don't know. People were complaining about it. People were complaining about the the testing and and how uncomfortable it is and all that. And yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I think it all depends on who does your test. Like uh, my wife has to have it done every two weeks for her job okay. and uh she said she gets one nurse that it's like it's it's right in there and she holds it in there oh uh other than in and out so she yeah. doesn't like that but whatever she's gotta have it done so then that done. person she's just reveling in it like this yeah. is this is a form of uh torturing people for having to do this yeah i think so yeah okay. and i think uh, uh my wife she's on the um she's in the next group for the vaccine oh okay. she's a frontline worker so Makes sense. Yeah, I was I trying know. to I was trying to weasel my way in there saying, Well, I live with a frontline worker, shouldn't I get it too? <laughs> it does stand to reason. Yeah. But I guess if you do start getting some people that are vaccinated, that's where you start on the road of mm. the herd immunity, which is good. Yeah. But I guess J and J just got uh, approved for their one shot vaccination as opposed to the two shots oh, okay. that have been available and I'm sure that that will work itself out yeah. as they figure things out. But in the meantime, yeah. I'm I'm okay with the way things are. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, here we are at the one year anniversary of uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. So, <laughs> so things are going well. <laughs> things seem to be operating in the, you know, they're definitely going yeah. the right trajectory. Yeah. Trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. All right. Well, we're here on uh, whatever the fuck this is. And uh, this is a profile episode that uh, we're going to do. And you and I had talked about many, many people. And actually, this this person was not the first person I thought of. But uh, like you said last night we were talking, I think uh, I'm kind of glad this is who we went with first. Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, interesting fella. And uh, um, I got an interesting little story <laughs> here, which is funny because I was preparing for this. And, uh, my youngest son, my oldest son was away, um, having a sleepover and, uh, my youngest son wanted to watch a movie with, um, my wife and I. So we picked this new movie on Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Finding Ohana. No. Horrible. <laughs> I do not recommend. I don't know what Ohana is. Uh, it's that... a place, uh, I, I, it's, I think it's a Hawaiian word for home. Oh, I see. Okay. So anyway, you can see where I'm going with this anyway. The movie mentions this person numerous times probably because of his uh, Hawaiian descent, mm-hmm. I guess. So uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a couple scenes in the movie where um, 
the the one kid, there's a little ginger kid in it, and he oh, can we say ginger? Oh yeah, absolutely. I represented. <laughs> We're, You're I'm in the room, so I guess you yeah, give yeah, me permission. It's totally right, fine. Cool. I mean, we can use that term. Yeah. So I can't use it. Well, I'll grant you immunity. This I, got, time. I do have uh, ginger kids, a ginger wife, and I do have ginger in my beard. Completely unrelated to my gingerness, by the way. I'd like to go on record as saying that. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along. (laughs) So anyway. All right. So first of all, our episode here tonight is uh, today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, it's up to you, which you pick the time. Anyway, it's uh, Keanu Charles Reeves, Mm -hmm. of course. So this movie, Finding Ohana, he is a big um, presence in this movie, even though he's not in this movie. Thank God Uh, (laughs) for him. But because they go to Hawaii, uh, the little ginger kid, he has a walking stick that he has named Keanu. Um, and uh, the mother, they go into her childhood bedroom and she has a giant poster of Keanu Reeves on the wall that she uh, that she kisses as she goes in there. Oh, boy. And uh, now there's a part in this movie that that uh, made me a little angry uh, about uh, because, as we know, he's also Canadian and we are Canadian. So uh, mm-hmm. we're proud to, to claim him. Uh, however... They're talking about Keanu in the in the movie, and uh, the the girl, one of the one of the who lives in Hawaii, she mentions how much she loves Keanu and that he's a national uh, Hawaiian treasure and, and and all this kind of stuff. And uh, though the the guy, the born boy or whatever, he who comes from New York to Hawaii, he's of Hawaiian descent, but he's a New Yorker, refers to Keanu Reeves as a sad Canadian. Oh, wow. So it kind of made me angry because I feel like they're making light. And as we're going to find out, he's been through some shit. Yeah. And uh, to make light of him being a sad Canadian, I think, I don't know. That's why it made me angry. But maybe not so much other people because maybe they also just didn't spend uh, two weeks researching him. (laughs) So, Well, one of the things that I would add to that actually is probably something that you're familiar with, which is the sad Keanu uh, memes that that flooded the internet. So I almost wonder if that was a a bit of a tie into that. Yeah, I just feel like like tying they the don't know the history of mm-hmm. some of the stuff that this guy's been through, and he's he's got good reason to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and I I, I I empathize with him and whatnot. But I mean, we're going to get into all that, obviously, uh, as we move along. So, but even the even the sad aspect of the sad Keanu has got nothing to do with his past, right? It, no. it was a picture that was grabbed, and somebody made a meme of it, and yeah. then it just you know, like the internet does, mm-hmm. it creates a whole ideology behind what this photo actually means what is taken out of context right. yeah so it is it's interesting that you kind of made that parallel to his past because yeah. I, I don't think he walks around with uh with a frown on his face because of his past he he seems yeah. to have you know for for most the most part had dealt with a lot of that stuff yeah um yeah that's what i'm, I'm mm-hmm. taking away from it and i guess it probably is related more to just that sad keanu me, uh, meme that is out there um, but there's so much more on this guy, uh, just, and like I said a hundred times last night as we were having kind of a Keanu movie marathon, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, such, so, so handsome. <laughs> so handsome. So dreamy, really. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, this whole, uh, trip here down here has kind of turned into a, to do into a Keanu trip. Uh, we had Hawaiian pizza last night. Mm-hmm. And which, if you don't like pineapple on pizza, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, it's delicious. And the creator of the Hawaiian pizza is actually from Chatham, Ontario, Canada, oh. who just passed away a couple weeks ago. So, RIP to that fella. Um, and then today, 
the Canadian part, we're going to have some poutine. Yes. Yeah, we are definitely going to have some poutine. <laughs> or depending on where you're from in Canada, poutine. Yes. Um, but fuck the French. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I would also like to add that if you don't like Hawaiian pizza, that you can unsubscribe from this podcast you at can... any point in time. Yeah, but... And any of our affiliates. Yeah, because I, I don't understand the hate on Hawaiian uh, pizza. It's people that don't understand. I, yeah. Like the way there, – there's a pizza out there. And uh, I found it out at work, actually, and it's the uh, the sweet hot, we like to call it. Uh, sweet, salty, hot. So you put uh, pineapple, green olives, and hot peppers. And it's 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 phenomenal. Sounds like a home run. Yeah. A oh, grand slam. fucking delicious. Three men on base. Yeah. That's four ones. If you will. Touchdowns. Six points. <laughs> touchdowns everywhere. Yep. Hey, we're even going to go for the two-point convert. We've yeah. got an eight-point touchdown. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But no, I so yeah, I agree with you on that front. I, I do apologize, but I needed to get that in there. Like yeah, you don't fair. need you don't have to hang on to to your anger. Just move on with your anger. That's, that's what fair. that's what I've always said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like five minutes ago. That's what you've always said, eh? Always Was that what you were just scribbling down a second ago? hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. Do, I, listen, I've got you might hear some pages. There's pages that I'm gonna turn and you know what but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna turn the page on those people who don't like Hawaiians. Perfect. So I'm with you one hundred percent. Hawaiians. <laughs> I thought we were talking about pizza, but anyway. If you don't like uh, Hawaiian, listen, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. If you don't like Hawaiians. I've never been to Hawaii. Too. I would like to go to Hawaii. Oh, sounds, uh, sounds my cool. mom and my dad lived there uh, mm-hmm. when my dad was in the Navy, uh, stationed there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom's got some good stories about Hawaii. Anyway, let's let's go here with uh, I like it. Uh, whatever the fuck this is, and this is uh, Keanu Charles Reeves. Uh, as I titled this here, and I don't know, it might be the title of the episode, The Canadian Tom Hanks is what I've dubbed him, because oh, yeah. Tom Hanks is, is known for being this overly genuine nice guy, and I feel like Keanu is. Mm-hmm. So I think I originally called it the Canadian Tom Hanks was a little bit more violence due to some of the movies Keanu <laughs> stars in. <laughs> totally so, fair. Oh, yeah. I think I think the parallel is great, and and I'll add to the naming thing in in some of my research. You know, I'll get this one in here now because we've kind of started off with his mm-hmm. full name. Yeah, and uh, throwing out another name. But apparently, in the early days when he came to L.A., mm-hmm. uh, he was having a hard time landing jobs based on his name. Right. Because the I don't know if you had read this, but yes. The, so the Keanu name is you know that was considered very exotic, but it was also considered really difficult to say. Yeah. So he started to throw around some some names. Had you had you read I some read, of these names? Uh, no. What I read was he's accredited as as a KC Reeves in okay. some things. So that was one of them. Casey. Yeah. He began using KC Reeves. Mm-hmm. He also tried out. Chuck Spadina. Chuck Spadina. Which sounds like a porn name. Oh, fucking 100%. And you know what? You know what? That's going to be my new online name. Chuck Spadina. And guess what? We just named the episode. It's going to be Keanu Reeves. Chuck Spadina. Chuck Spadina. I knew you were going to love this, and that's why I thought I wanted to kind of throw it in here. Well, especially right now. like Spadina to us is a big thing. I mean, having lived in Toronto, so Spadina is a big, uh, big area. So. Absolutely. And with him uh, growing up in in Yorkville, Toronto. Yes. You know, I almost wondered if the Spadina thing was linked to Toronto. Well, I think it might be because of the the uh, the um, the Chinese. Uh, aspect to his life oh, okay. growing up and whatnot okay. maybe and that that's a big community in spadina right There's yeah a chinese market and whatnot so definitely and then yeah. the last name here i'll throw out is uh page templeton the third page templeton the third which i don't the third eh three there's three lines there. There was absolutely three <laughs> so, lines there so i don't know man like chuck spadina is a great name chuck but page spadina is-, is a great name i love chuck spadina 
I don't even give a fuck. From now on, I'm going to refer to him as Chuck Spadina. There you go, man. I figured Kate I'd, I'd tear that out there the for third, you. Eh? The yep. third. There's three of them. Three of them. Three lines. Wow. Do you think he laughed as hard when he was coming up with these names as we are right now? I really hope so. I fucking... I, I really f- hope so. I feel like he has a great sense of humor. There's a story we're going to get to later on that I think shows that he does have a great sense of humor. So anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll, let's go with uh, what, what Keanu actually means in Hawaiian, which is cool breeze over the mountains. Yeah. Which... Could you get a better name for this guy? <laughs> Other than Chuck Spadina, of course. <laughs> but Chuck Spadina has such agency, it has such purpose, right? Power. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah. power. But as as we've noted in a lot of the movies that we've watched with Keanu, he, he does have a cool breeziness about him. Yes. So I think I don't know what came first. I don't know if his his you know, the name really yeah. led to him in his personality and the way he flows. Yeah. But it all works, man. Uh, so I'm kinda glad, although those other names are magnificent. Well, could you just picture picture this, if you will. A young Keanu walking down Spadina Street and looking up at the, the street sign and just going, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Chuck Spadina. Chuck Spadina. <laughs> I can 100% picture that. Yeah, just in that fucking... Yeah, just... Oh, fuck. That's great. Yeah. Chuck Spadina. Fuck. I can also picture him, though, you know, walking the financial district in Toronto Mm -hmm. and being like, Paige Templeton III. (laughs) And he was saying it in that... You know, we just just watched a movie where he was speaking very eloquently. Yes. Right? And very powerful, like rich and powerful. Yeah. I can definitely see that kind of emanating from him as he's thinking about it right but <laughs> like you could almost go through his roles and you could see what roles he would star as as chuck spadina and what roles he would star as as page templeton the third absolutely right? absolutely fucking yeah. i love this guy yeah. i i and you know what i kind of always have liked him but after doing all this i've uh I fall more in love with him. Absolutely. Not to mention, I don't know, I might mention this a few times. He's pretty handsome. Uh, <laughs> so Stunningly so. Yeah. All right. So uh, Keanu here was born September 2nd, 1964 in Beirut, Lebanon. That is correct. Which, I don't know if you know anything about Beirut. <laughs> which That's I feel like territory. That is, that's a tough place to be. Maybe not in the '60s. Definitely the '80s. I don't think. You no, want man. To be there their, in the 80s. their history is fraught with. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. No, it's not really ever yeah. been a calm area. No, I. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, born in Beirut, uh, his mother Patricia Taylor was a costume designer, and it's listed here as a performer. However, I have heard that performer title also referred to as a showgirl in other it makes places. Makes you wonder, man. I have a feeling she was. Was uh, Elizabeth Berkeley in it and showing the boobs? It very well might be. <laughs> and one of the things I'd like to add, you know, as we go in, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to throw in facts as they sure. might apply to what you're talking about. But she was also a costume designer, which um, yeah, I'm not I, sure yeah. if you're aware. But she, uh, she, one of the people that used to come and hang out at the house with them was Alice Cooper. Oh. Back in the day. Old Vince Fernier. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> so yeah. you have to imagine that the circles that she traveled in, there might have been a, a hippie rocker culture that does make you believe that maybe a dancer or mm-hmm. a performer might have meant a lot of different things back then. Well, I did read for her that her origins are kind of murky and unknown. Like I was trying to, to, to look into her a little bit more, but not what? other than, other than she's there? from England. Right. Um, and uh, a certain, did you have over there a certain place in England? And I, I had it, uh, I had it written down, but. Uh, 
Uh, no, I'll, I'll see if my, my notes have anything, but just yeah. as an English mother. Yeah, so from England, uh, his father, now here, another interesting character, uh, Samuel Nolan Reeves Jr. Mm-hmm. Now, anything I've learned recently, uh, juniors, it's not good. <laughs> is that a, is that, has that already set you on a pretty bad path? Uh, that- I, yeah, this is, uh, it's funny, I listened to another podcast, and uh, it's called Crime and Sports. If you haven't checked it out, you can check it out. The guys are awesome. However, one of their rules is, do not name your kid Junior, it's... And it for good reason. A lot of these athletes that get into trouble are juniors. And really, yes, it's okay. it, it, it's. I, I'm going to go out on the line and say it's a proven fact. Don't name your kid a junior. Hey, I, I'm willing, <laughs> I'm willing to buy that if you're willing to throw it out. Yeah, if it's up for sale, I'm yeah. purchasing it. Yeah. So yeah. I can't take credit for that rule, but yeah. All right. So anyway, we his, fully support it. Yeah. <laughs> so his father is now. This is uh, this is uh, he's from Hawaii. Uh, but his father is of Chinese, English, Irish, and Portuguese descent. So that's a that's a mixture right there. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents they met in Beirut in nineteen sixty or uh, met in Beirut. Uh, nineteen sixty six was a big year for him and his family. His sister Kim Reeves was born, and his father took off. <laughs> so basically, here's a couple kids. Peace the fuck out. Uh, his his dad abandoned the family. Uh, and little uh, Keanu here was just three years old. Um, so after this happens, the mother packs him up and fucking where does she go? Australia, clearly, best place to go. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, 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 what I've got here is Keanu lost last saw his father when he was thirteen years old, and uh, he does not forgive him for leaving the family. One of the things that I'll add here uh, about the father mm-hmm. that I found fascinating is that he is actually a geologist. And he got that degree while serving time in jail for selling heroin at Hilo Airport in Hawaii. Yes, and and, uh, I had that in here later that uh that he did uh, he got sentenced to 10 years but i think i believe he only served two of the okay. 10 year sentence um but yes it was for selling heroin and um uh drugs are going to be a big big theme in uh keanu's life whether i'm not going to get into whether he did them or not i'm sure he'd probably partake at some point but whatever mm-hmm. anyway De- so definitely doesn't seem to be known for it but yeah. no 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 um so after australia the family then moves to New York City, where his mother married Paul Aaron in 1970, a Broadway and Hollywood director. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them with Paul moved to Toronto. Woohoo! <laughs> what? What? Yeah, T dot baby. Uh, the six, as the kids are calling it these days. Um, and uh, yeah, so they moved there in '70, and uh, they got divorced in 1971. So that is uh, that marriage number two mm-hmm. done. Finished. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Paul Aaron, though, he remains close with Keanu, uh, offering him advice and recommending jobs for him, um, for Keanu in the, in the future for old, uh, Chuck Spadina. Chuck Spadina. <laughs> it's funny that I didn't come across that at all. I'm fucking, I was I'm kicking away. myself because I, hey, it's all but good, also man. I'm really glad that I learned it today because it's, it's fresh. Well, my, this is it, my right? reaction to yeah. it. <laughs> fucking beautiful. I was actually hoping out of all the things that I read <laughs> that you hadn't come across that because I, I, I knew not. how much you yeah. would like it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the fir- the earliest uh, acting gig that I found for for little Keanu here was he was nine years old and he took part in the uh, production of uh, the musical Damn Yankees, which of course oh, is about those New York Yankees <laughs> and those damn fucking Yankees. Yeah. So I've never seen this. I've heard of it. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I've never, never really been interested in musicals, though. So no, no I've only not seen that there's couple. anything wrong with them or, or people that do like them. More power to you. Oh, I hate them. I think that they're the worst. <laughs> no, I don't. And apparently, you judge people who watch them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very closely. Uh, on that note, stepdad, my stepdad loves musicals. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> he does. He has a whole bunch of them. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> so now nah, musicals are fine. Yes, after the. Divorce of Paul Aaron, his mother then marries Robert Miller, a rock music promoter in 1976. Mm. Keanu has a half-sister, Karina Miller, who was born in 76. Um, Mr. Miller and his mother then get divorced in 1980. So that's three marriages down. Um, And right after this, I I don't have a date, but right after this, uh, it seemed like almost immediately, she marries another man named Jack Bond, who is a hairdresser from Toronto. So she has been all over the gambit here. Drug dealers, uh, (laughs) uh, Hollywood directors and, and, and hairdressers and rock music promoters. And yeah. So this is the last marriage that I have on record for her, which... Which, uh, the same, this is the longest one, but this also ends in the same result. They uh, get divorced in 94. Hmm. Seems like so. she was on a bit of a road to discovery herself. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, I do have, um, uh, due to Keanu's, uh, his childhood here, I have, um, this is, this is evidenced, I think, in his adult behavior as well. Um, he describes himself uh, as a private kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have a quote here in his own words as to, um, of, uh, why he is, uh, expelled from, uh, the Etobicoke school of the arts where he attended here in, in I guess Etobicoke was part of GTA. Was it yep. back then? Wouldn't have been back then. No, because no. GTA was formed later. Yeah. So anyway, he, uh, he does attend Etobicoke school of the arts, uh, but he gets expelled and this is in his own words as to why he was expelled. Uh, I was just a little too rambunctious and shot my mouth off once too often. I was not a well-oiled machine in the school. So. Can I add something to that? Yes, of course. Did you look into his schooling and struggles there that he had in schooling? Uh, Is that that something that you're going to touch upon? Because uh, I I I just touch on a lot of which schools he attended here in the Toronto area and how it ultimately ends. Um, okay, let me let me yeah, go let ahead. Me, let me throw something in there. For sure. One of the reasons why he struggled so much is because he had a learning disability. Right. He had dyslexia. Yes. And that was one of the reasons why he was so rambunctious mm-hmm. in schooling and so forth. So I thought that, that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's like, something that you and I can really relate to, especially yes. with, you know, with our our disabilities, I guess as they're called, and you know, with my illiteracy, quote unquote, yes. and with your struggles of, you know, focusing attention so i yeah. think it's something that we could definitely relate to in terms of these the classic schooling system yeah i, f- I find and i've said this to um uh, 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 as i'm seeing some mirror images in one of my sons uh well both of my sons in a way uh from how i was when i was a kid but i feel like it wasn't as wildly diagnosed back then mm-hmm. as it was like i remember in my school there was one other kid and i remember him being actually diagnosed and him going to the office to get his medication and whatnot but see what i've always told my wife was i probably should have been diagnosed mm-hmm. uh with something along those lines however i wasn't the typical you know adhd kid or dyslexic kid where i didn't get in trouble i wasn't really causing problems other than you're talking too much in class. Can you 
quiet focus, blah, 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 blah. But I wasn't, I wasn't acting out. I wasn't getting in fights. I wasn't being sent to the office all the time. So it was easy for me to slip through the the cracks as, oh, he's just not applying himself. That's what I was told a lot. So, I mean, as for, as for Keanu and other, and other children back then, I think it was definitely hard. Now a days, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't have exact figures, but I would say, you know, a percentage of the class, like 10 to 15%, maybe even higher, 25% of a class has some sort of diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's, I mean, it's good in a way because I think these kids get, get better help, um, as they, as they grow. So it's the classic overcorrection. Mm, yeah. Right. When I, when I was younger, I, I remember being taken into the office and having testing done where they were doing auditory testing. So mm-hmm. they had headphones on me and they were telling me to, you know, focus on where the sound was coming from left or right. And this is how they determined what my attention span was. And that led to a, a finding of, Oh, he's illiterate. I don't know how you extrapolate that information that way, mm-hmm. but that's the way that they did it back then. But I was very much like you, I didn't have any confidence, so I wasn't yeah. causing any disruptions. No. So it was the squeaky wheel back then that did get the, yeah. it did get the grease. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody has ADHD. Yeah. And that's not a horrible thing, mm-hmm. but what it does do is it puts a label on you that you then sometimes have to overcome mm-hmm. or you're focused on in a different way. And I don't know that that's necessarily great either. So it, that's, yeah. a, that's a fascinating point that you bring up. Yeah. And I, I, the, the kid that was in my class that, that was diagnosed and, and whatever, I mean, I, I've seen him on, on Facebook uh, recently. We never really, we didn't keep in contact or whatever, but I remember, I remember him getting in trouble all the time, but uh, he he has become quite the musician. Uh, I see that he is thriving in in that, and and it's almost like um, I don't know. It's it's almost like that was his way. That I find for myself too. If it's something that I'm I'm, I'm passionate about or interested in, I have no problem focusing on it. And 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 that could have been that could have been for him as well. It seems to be music, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not sure what he does otherwise for work, but I know he. He dives into music. He's always sharing his music online, and some of it I, I, I enjoy. Some of it I'm like, well, not for me, but I mean, I would never stop anybody in their artistic abilities Very and what cool. they like. So, um, as for our little uh, our little Keanu here. So, uh, <laughs> and very eloquent as we yes. yes. to learn yeah we're gonna get, we're gonna get into that he 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 attends um four high schools here and i have uh, three of them uh maybe you have the fourth one that i'm missing but uh he goes to de la salle college i was gonna ask you uh you being growing up here in toronto if you know any of these places etobicoke school yards de la salle college or uh, Avalon Secondary Alternative School is mm-hmm. the, is another one that he attends. But uh, at uh, De La Salle College, he was uh, apparently quite the uh, hockey player. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in the States, and the, the, they always refer to it as ice hockey. Uh, we just assume that they're playing it on ice. Um <laughs> up here in Canada. I, uh, <laughs> so we just call it hockey. Just a little dig. Yeah. Anyway, uh, apparently he was quite a goalie. Um, and he had dreams of playing for Team Canada at the Olympics. Um, an injury would end his playing career. Mm-hmm. So, um, And that's when he decides to become an actor. One of the things I'll throw in there too, just so we can give some uh, local recognition to some of our, our uh, hockey teams mm-hmm. in the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League. He had mm-hmm. actually had an offer from the Windsor Spitfires to come out for nice. a, a tryout. And I'm guessing what you're saying and coupling with that injury and being bitten by the acting bug, he had decided to turn down that mm-hmm. uh, offer to try it out for them and, and pursue acting, which yeah. we are um, thankful for. Yeah. 
Awesome. So, yeah, he left uh, De La Salle, and uh, then he moved on to Avalon Secondary Alternative School, where the the unique thing about this school is is you can get your education, but they also allow you to work as an actor. So he could do both there. Uh, Didn't go well for him, because he eventually would just drop out altogether. (laughs) 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 So uh, he does drop out of uh, high school there at age 17. Which I would never, I mean, it works out for him. Mm-hmm. However, I do not recommend to anybody out there to to stop learning. I don't mm-hmm. care how old you are, you should always be learning. Whether it's whether it's school, whether it's on your own, you should always be learning. Always. Mm-hmm. Keep, that, keep that brain firing, keep it warm, keep it going. Um, always learn. Try to learn something at least once a day. I mean, my kids teach me so much. <laughs> so, uh, and I try to, to pick up one piece of information that I, I didn't learn before or I didn't know before. So, Love it. Um, so he drops out at 17. Uh, three years later, though, he would uh, apply for his green card uh, in the States um, with the uh, help of his former stepfather, Paul Aaron, and he moves to Los Angeles. Yeah, because, again, an interesting fact about citizenship-wise, he never got his American citizenship. No. According uh, to the research that I, I no, found. I, he, I, I don't think he does. He refers to himself as Canadian. Yeah. Uh, he is very proud to be Canadian, which yep. that's, hey, it that's makes phenomenal. me feel nice and warm hey, and fuzzy. And when, <laughs> you know, before his era, but during his era, there was a lot of Canadians jumping ship mm-hmm. to go down to the States, you know, mm-hmm. to get that representation and get that job. So to early on you can already see that he is liking to blaze his own trail and feel comfortable in his own skin which you know of course we're a little bit cherry picking here and and the design of what Keanu has become but Mm -hmm. it seems pretty evident that that does support it yeah I looked into the uh, the Avalon school there to to see if any other notable Canadians have come from that school and the answer was no Uh <laughs> I'm sure Fair. there is. There's there there probably is. Maybe not on the scale of Keanu. There was a, a few names that I recognized, but uh they not on the scale of uh of our uh, young Hawaiian friend here. Fair enough. Um Canadian. Very Hawaiian. handsome. Yes, very handsome. So I uh, also I have here uh, Keanu's first accredited acting gig was for the Canadian sitcom called Hangin' In. Um, wow. Do you remember really? the show? I, I don't remember the, the show. I don't remember watching it, so, but I definitely remember that yeah, name. Yeah, he played a troubled youth on, oh. uh, in one episode, and he was from the streets of Toronto, and he Amazing. played a troubled youth. Now, this is, this is cool, because uh, I found another actor who also got their start on this show and has gone on to have a successful career and uh, is Canadian, and that is Eric McCormick. And if you don't recognize the name, that is Will from Will and Grace. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Very cool. Um, yes. So he was also on Hanging In. I don't know if he played another troubled uh, street youth or whatever. I believe uh, Keanu's role, it was a friend of his on the show. Uh, the reason he was troubled was a friend of his had committed suicide. So um, Eric McCormick, I didn't really get into what he was doing on the show, but I thought it was kind of cool that they're bo- they're pretty, I think they're close to the same age. So imagine Keanu and Eric McCormick maybe cross paths a few times on their rise through Hollywood. Um, so anyway, uh, he was also in a Coke commercial. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, he was a correspondent and this is another one I was going to ask you if you knew he was a correspondent on a CBC show called going great. No. Uh, Keanu is also the only famous person that I found to come from this show. <laughs> the Canadian it, television. Yeah. Was yeah. Back then. Yeah. It was described as a news magazine show. Oh, interesting. So maybe like the, um, 
uh, that show years uh, that would come years later where like uh, Ryan Reynolds and um, is it uh, Scarlett Johansson and there was a few there was another Canadian show that was like that that would come later where they were correspondents on Ryan Gosling I think was another one and maybe Rachel McAdams I'm not sure anyway that's what it sounded like to me was a similar type show interesting this news magazine show so the uh the coke commercial yeah i'll throw in a little bit of a thing here as as you uh For sure. as you touched on it i guess in 2018 when he was on uh late late show with james corden mm-hmm. um he he re- he recalls filming the commercial right and you know he, he drank a, a ton of coca-cola to fulfill the yeah. commitment for the role but apparently he also shaved his legs to become more believable as a cyclist <laughs> nice so like i mean even at a young oh, that's age that's right he's credited as the bike kid i that's think correct. in that commercial yeah, yeah. Yes. so he he, yes. he even went above and beyond in in the 80s yeah i i feel like that's something he does yeah is he prepares absolutely he definitely prepares for he a role. shaved his, he shaved his legs for this yeah so here <laughs> yeah he shout out to another canadian artist <laughs> Oh, Shania Twain. Shania. <laughs> All right. It'd be nice if she had a stage name. Yeah. As cool as Chuck Spadina. Um, no, nobody does. <laughs> no. I'm getting a shirt made up with Chuck Spadina the written on it. I will, I will say this. The yeah. only person that has even a name that comes close to his stage name yeah. is Paige Templeton III. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For whatever reason, when you say Paige Templeton, I think of... Uh, face from uh 18 because he oh, was templeton peck i think of james spader i have no idea why oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> keanu will start with james spader later in he his will. career that's probably why it's fresh in my mind <laughs> probably old fucking ultron himself i love, All it. Right. I love it so uh yes so here we are now he's on and uh in 1986 he's in a movie with rob lowe and patrick swayze so yes i love that movie man. yes and it is called young blood and if you out there have not seen this i highly recommend it um i this is funny do you consider this uh his first big movie um i i don't think i I don't think I was a huge fan of it, but I had a lot of hockey player friends growing up in the, the town that I come from is a big hockey town. And I remember them talking about it all the fucking time. You uh, know, it was, it's so funny because, uh, one of our other beloved, uh, stars is in this, uh, Patrick Swayze. Yes. And, and so we were talking about this last night in terms of what his breakout role was. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't determine whether or not the breakout role was because of later on successes. This yeah. is the challenge of having that, yeah. that history with him. For me, it's it's not his first breakout role for me. It is going to be Bill and Ted's. Yeah, like, for sure. You know that that but that's for me. But going back and, and knowing that he's in it also led to another theory that we'll get into a little bit later on for in sure. terms of you know his successes and where they seem to be in terms of his co-stars, which yes. was was an interesting thought that we started to flesh out yesterday. We'll, right, and we'll we'll talk about that more. But for for me, no, the answer is no. I, I don't think Young Guns is his first breakout Young or Young Blood. Sorry, for, yeah. is his uh, first breakout role not for me well to but be, the movie itself yeah. is impactful and i remember from it when i was a kid for for me i didn't remember that he was even in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you right i didn't mention this last night i'm gonna tell you this is where coming up next year is where i remember him first and and it's it's this is where i, I asked you do i remember him first because I remembered him later on, you know, when he gets yep. big and famous. But I do remember this movie because this movie also comes out in 1986. And I watched this with my sister at my grandma's house when I was a kid. 
Okay. And we did it like a couple years in a row. It became a little tradition where we watched it a few years. And this is 1986. He stars with Drew Barrymore, an 11-year-old Drew Barrymore. And this is Babes in Toyland. (laughs) He plays Jack Fenton or Jack B. Nimble. Now, I remember him in this movie. And for whatever reason, I didn't remember Drew Barrymore was even in it. But I remembered that Keanu was in this movie. Well, that's so interesting because River's Edge came out in in eighty six as well. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if that because I don't even know that what was the movie Babes in Toyland. I don't even know that movie. Yeah, I remember it. I remember being kind of freaked out about this movie because it's got big giant like uh, like plastic nutcrackers walking. I mean, it's I think it's a Christmas movie or or something along wow. those lines. Okay, it's, but I remember they're in Toyland and these giant nutcrackers the soldiers are walking around. i remember freaking me out like wow. 86 i would have been eight years old so i mean yeah that's incredible so i yeah. wonder if that got overshadowed because i know river's edge i watched it years ago i don't remember what it was now but mm-hmm. i wonder if that overshadowed babe and toys yeah see toys? I, I don't even have river's edge on here wow. so i mean i might not have okay so remembered that's, I, yeah so that's your earliest memory of seeing him in a flick that really resonated with you Yes, uh, Babes in Toilet. Just because I think it was, uh, well, my sister and I, we, we never really fought when uh, when we were growing up or anything. But I remember, I just remember hanging out with my sister watching this movie. And I think I watched it with her at my grandma's house, my, uh, my grandma Armstrong's house. And I also re- watched it with uh, her and then my, at that time, uh, stepsister, uh, Kendra. And I think the three of us kind of watched it. Okay. I think this happened like two, three years in a row. Interesting. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, that's 86. He, uh, Young Blood and Babes in Toyland. And then, as you said, uh, A River's Edge. Yeah, and um, I'm just going to double check that as you go because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that our, our dates are right. But yeah, please continue. Yeah. So, okay. Um, 1988, he's in a really big movie. Uh, there, uh, Yeah, I don't have much. So between 86 and 89, he's in a lot of movies and he's in a lot of TV shows and smaller parts and stuff like that. And that's probably where A River's Edge comes in. Um. But uh, in 88, he's in a huge movie. Um, I never, I don't think, I don't think I watched this fucking movie. I don't even know. But mm-hmm. anyway, he plays Chevalier Danceny. I, I don't know. It, but it's Oscar nominated movie. Okay. Um, critically acclaimed Dangerous Liaisons. Okay. Starring some Hollywood heavyweights at the time. Uh, well, definitely one for sure. Glenn Close. Oh, yeah. Amazing actress. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our personal favorites, just because he's fucking weird and he's awesome, and that's John Malkovich. Oh. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> yep. And probably super hot at this time, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's also in that. Um, but there's also another up-and-coming star in this movie, mm-hmm. and that is Uma Thurman. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. And uh, I don't believe I've ever actually watched this movie. Um, I know the I name, was but young, I've never watched it. it was not my cup of tea it might be something i go back and check out uh finding out now that all these movies that he was in um so yeah that's so that's amazing. that's 88 so 86 to 89 there he has some he has some has some parts he has some movies he's mm-hmm. he's he's gaining some steam here mm-hmm. but fucking 1989 this is the year <laughs> this is it so this is what I consider, and you had mentioned it, that this is his big break. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this movie. I just watched it again recently mm-hmm. because of the third installment was just released. Um, of course, he plays Ted Theodore Logan <laughs> alongside Esquire. Bill S. Preston Esquire, <laughs> his fucking friend. 
Alex Winter, who I know people are like, fuck Alex, whatever happened to that guy? You should look into Alex Winter because interesting dude as well and has done way more than you fucking think he has. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yes, of course we're talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Amazing. Now, I watched this kid as a movie. There are so many jokes in that movie that I did not get when I was a kid. Okay. Clearly, there's a lot of the 69. There's the, and I had no idea that the Circle K has been around this long because mm-hmm. we just got a Circle K in Petrolia. It oh. changed names, but apparently, I think it was an American company and they bought out, uh, they may have bought out Max up here. I think, yeah. That's so the- now all the Max have become Circle K, but I didn't realize it's like Walmart. I had no idea how long that fucking place had been around as well. But anyway, so yes, he plays Ted Theodore Logan. Um, and I have to mention, of course, the late, great George Carlin as Rufus in this movie. He's unbelievable. And George Carlin's name and, uh, for me uh, has been coming up a lot lately. Yeah. Um, his, his style of comedy is really prevalent in today's society, in my opinion. Yeah. His, his stuff is coming back around to be kind of very important. Very Some important. shit that he said back then. Yeah. They were like, Phew. now it's like, whoa. Yeah. We might have been, should have been paying attention. <laughs> so. Obser- observational humor, but, but bang on. But yeah, absolutely. Right. So here's, here's something I, I put in. This is for fun. Just, uh, I, and there's going to be some more of these because without seeing the movies, they might be fun. So the tagline for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. yeah. So there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some, some more taglines coming up, which I hope. So anyway. Eighty nine. You and I kind of think that's where that's that's where it began for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where we got talking last night. Is did I realize it was him, or did I realize it was him a few years later when the the public's view of his big fucking breakout movie comes? And we're gonna talk about that fucking movie. I anyway. also I would also like to add that for us. Mm-hmm. We were the prime audience for that movie. Oh, for sure right? we so were. So, of course, that yeah. was going to resonate with us. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that's, what's, that's a big reason why it stand, stands yeah. out to you and I as being yeah. the, the pivotal moment. Plus, you know, in leading into the theory that's going to be shared a little bit later mm-hmm. in co-starring, mm-hmm. that is a role that he really stands out in. For sure. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, Alex Winter is good in it. Yeah. But... He is is really like he's right on par, if not the lead in that movie, and I think that's one of the reasons why it stands out to me. I think what really could have happened with this is he totally could have been typecast right there. Well, and I'll be honest with you, man. Yeah. I think that it did. I think yeah. that for the longest time, people because they were mimicking the way he talks, mm-hmm. and he was kind of you know he's so aloof and he's yeah. so loose with his movements that that stoner type delivery. And mm-hmm. Bill and Ted, I think, did chase him down for, for quite a long yeah. time. So although not completely typecast because the rules that he decided to take shortly thereafter, which you're probably yeah. going to get into, yes. get away from that character, mm-hmm. I do think it hindered him a little bit, but obviously not in the long term, just in that short term, I think. Right. So so 89, yeah, that's 89 starts out with uh, Bill and Ted, but he's in another movie in 89 as well uh, with I, I one of my favorites, and I think you also... Uh, appreciate him maybe not I'm, I'm, I'm not sure uh, but he's in a movie called Parenthood with Steve Martin oh I love Steve Martin Steve Martin it, I, I, I find with Steve Martin either people either fucking love him or people hate him mm-hmm. and I for me I can't understand how you can't love him yeah I mean he has looked the same age since the 80s <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And the first time I remember seeing Steve Martin in anything was The Jerk. Oh, and uh, <laughs> that movie I fu- is fucking underrated, I think, just because. But Steve Martin's a whole nother day. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason. So I remember this movie being funny. I honestly don't really remember much about the movie. Uh, but. The reason we're going to talk about this movie is uh, because it also starred a young Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, who, of course, we know went on to be a huge star. Uh, you and I uh, recently on uh, on your podcast to talk about <clears throat> plug, um, we you, we kind of went over the movie Joker, which recently a couple years. I guess it's a couple years now. That yeah, a couple out. years. Yeah. So uh, that's Joaquin. So he grows up. But the reason I bring up Joaquin is. Uh, Joaquim is is not the only star in the Phoenix family. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may remember him, some people may not, but uh, Joaquim is the brother of River Phoenix, who at the same time was on his road to superstardom. And on the set of Parenthood, Keanu would meet River, and they would become friends. Mm-hmm. The best friends, I guess you could say. And uh, this is going to lead to a very significant event in Keanu's life. So, um, in uh, that's... 89. We move on to 1990 here, unless there's anything you need to add to either of those. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, one of the earlier reminiscence of when they met mm-hmm. uh, River and, and Keanu mm-hmm. was uh, I Love You to Death. That was another movie that they had worked on, apparently, okay. where they yep. became really close. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Just so, to add to Parenthood. Yeah. So I got like in 1990 here, he does a few small parts here and there. Um, and uh, But he also does the voice of Ted Theodore Logan in 13 episodes of the animated series, Bill oh, and I Ted. Remember, yeah. See, I don't remember it at no? all. No? Okay. I obviously didn't last long. Uh, no. which, uh, whatever, for whatever reason, but he did, he did do the voice and sometimes maybe he wasn't big enough at that time, but I don't know. Sometimes they, they recast those cheaper voice actors, uh, to, to do the animated. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to know with that animation, if the animation was done in Toronto, because there was a lot of animation that was done in Toronto right. and with his link to Toronto, I wonder, but, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So 1990, there's a, unless you've got any movies really that you wanted to talk about from that nope, era, nope. then yeah, you're so good. We're going to move on to 1991, and this is a huge year for for Keanu, and uh, maybe maybe a cult classic role for him that mm-hmm. might. This is going to fall into that conversation of d- do I remember him or do I remember him after another fact? But but uh, this year was of course the the sequel to his breakout, uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey comes out this year, uh, which. I don't know if you remember or not, but it was originally called Bill and Ted Go to Hell. And the censors did not like that. So they changed it to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Okay, cool. Um, So I remember that happening because I remember anticipating this movie because I love Bill and Ted so much that I was like, fuck, I can't wait for the sequel. And I was like, oh, they're going to call it Bill and Ted Go to Hell. But they couldn't. Obviously, uh, Death is in the movie and he's fucking amazing. <laughs> that actor is really good. I his, his name is escaping me at the moment. but Yeah, uh, outstanding. Yes, he's a, he's a great actor. He's in uh, Die Hard 2 mm-hmm. and he's in a bunch of other, <laughs> bunch of other movies, of course. Um, so anyway... Okay, so there was a different time, and the the censors didn't like Bill and Ted Go to Hell, so they of course they changed it to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Now the cult classic role that I was referring to is that of one Johnny Utah, which is a great fucking name. Still not as good as Chuck Spadina, but it's still a great fucking name, Johnny Utah. Outstanding. Um, of course, that's in Point Break, and he co-stars with the fucking lunatic Gary Busey, Tank Girl herself, Lori Petty. 
and the late great nobody puts baby in a corner Patrick Swayze R.I.P. or or I had another one for him or the late great I'm gonna rip your throat out Patrick Swayze <laughs> equally as valid and potent. yes yes okay so Patrick of course uh, plays the bank robbing surfer Bodie. Uh, and, uh, there's a classic movie screen, uh, movie scene in this with Keanu screaming, no, while he's shooting bullets off into the air as he lets Patrick Swayze escape. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you a little side note. Uh, I, I work with a guy, uh, his name is, uh, Steve and this is his movie point break is his movie so much that he has a son and he named him Bodie. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> yes. So, and he regales us with stories of his Bodie all the time. So the tagline Four point break. I this is this is a good one. This is twenty seven banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. <laughs> Truly, only a tagline that surfers would appreciate, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. So then, it go, seems like the plight of the surfer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and oh, to go back to Bill and Ted too. The the tagline for that one: Once they made history, now. They are history. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, so those are two movies in '91. Unless there's anything you need to say about Point Break, or I do want to yeah, add into Point Break MTV's uh, award show back in '92. He was actually uh, he won MTV's Most Desirable Male 1992 for Point Break. I can understand because because why handsome handsome <laughs> handsome hands down all of it he is it and mm-hmm. so yeah i could definitely see that now it, you winning at that point in time being alongside patrick swayze who probably couldn't even qualify for that because it was mtv so yeah. it was a younger audience but yeah if you can win more most desirable male in 2000 uh, or, or in 1992 that oh, was when the, the award was yeah, for, for sure. 91 yep. show i mean that just shows yeah. how evident your sexiness is. Well, that and he's resonating with a younger crowd, probably mm-hmm. because of Bill and Ted. Absolutely. So my thinking of not remembering him until later on, maybe not actually accurate. Maybe I do remember him in these movies. But see, I was never a big Point Break fan. I, I, this is another one that I watched I with it. my sister because she loved Patrick Swayze. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Dirty Dancing. Fuck. Was on every day in my house for a long time. She was a big Patrick Swayze. I mean, that guy could fucking dance and he was sexy as shit too. Dude, that'll be another episode for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Because like my, yeah, it's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 So, and I know you have a Dirty Dancing uh, history as well, but anyway. Absolutely. Um, so also in, in 91, which... We just finished mm-hmm. right before we recorded here. He co-stars in a movie with, uh, called My Own Private Idaho. Mm-hmm. And this is along with his best friend, River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reeves plays Scott Favor and Phoenix plays Mike Waters. Mm-hmm. So as we said before we watched it, this is the role that Keanu probably receives the most praise for his acting skills. And I know maybe you're out there thinking fucking Keanu Reeves can't act where the shit or whatever, but I need you. I need you to take that out of your brain and go back and look at his roles and watch his movies again. And especially this one. And if you tell me after you watch this, that Keanu can't act, I will punch you in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you don't have one. Yeah. I think literally, literally, and this is exactly what happened. We watched this movie today and Keanu delivers his first line. And Chris turned to me and said, I've already made my mind up. (laughs) 
A hundred percent, dude. Yes. A hundred percent. Now we had... And he doesn't, and he doesn't go down. He doesn't no. let you down. And that's what I was worried about when you did say that. I was like, oh, fuck, maybe he's going to... No. Yeah. Nails the whole fucking movie. The whole, the whole thing. And here was the interesting thing about this movie. I had never seen this movie. Of course, I had mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a popular movie. Yeah. You knew a little bit more of the history of it yes. and some of the, the tidbits, which you'll probably get into. Yes. But I had no idea of what this movie was about. I, I knew that, uh, I knew that those two actors, River and, and Keanu were, yeah, were on a first name basis. So what? Yeah. Uh, I knew that they were in it. Yeah. I had no idea that he was, I didn't even know that he received accolades for his best performance. Yeah. And yeah, just as you said, like right from the first line out, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So one, one thing, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, when they were approached with the script, I didn't know if you were going to get into anything like that, but I had a little tidbit that I'd, a tidbit that I'd let to throw in there. This might be the same thing, but go ahead. Oh, oh, okay, no, cool. go, go. No, apparently, well, just a little bit of a history on the movie that we promised that we wouldn't get into yeah. when we were watching the movie because yeah. it, in and of itself, can be a whole thing. But yeah. apparently, the script was written ten years before the movie was shot. Yes, and when it was sent, when Keanu got the script, he drew, he rode a hundred miles on his motorcycle yes. to hand deliver it to River Phoenix. Yes, and at that point in time, they both decided to star in it. Yes, and that's what actually I was going to get into that a little okay. bit there. It was the reason that he does this is because River Phoenix's agent didn't want River to do the movie. Oh, are you serious? So River Phoenix's agent refused to show him the film treatment for My Own Private Idaho in 1990. Keanu Reeves rode his motorcycle from Canada to Gainesville, Florida to hand deliver oh, it. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so glad that you had the rest of that information yeah. because I didn't know of yeah. the whereabouts. I had so, no idea of his agent kind of. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So there's that. Um, there's also, um, while they were filming this movie, and I think I got a l- into this a little bit with you while we were watching it. Um, River Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> Flea, who's also in this movie from the Chili's Peppers, yeah. and Michael Parker. They moved into Gus Van Zant's home in Portland, um, and they apparently caused such a disturbance by staying up late, partying, drinking, hanging out with these street hustlers from Portland to learn that Van Zant actually had to move out of his house and go stay with a friend because he couldn't <laughs> sleep. So, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, and uh, one little other little piece of trivia which I found interesting is. For Keanu's role in this movie, he says he drew on his encounters with street kids in Toronto for his character of Scott. Um, and uh, he saw these them living on the street and thought they were cool. And he thought it would be cool uh, rather than because of any social or economical problems in their lives that he thought that they were cool. So wow. he that's where he draws a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, that, he, that acting that he does in this movie, which is, is phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, yeah. So, if you haven't checked out My Own Private Idaho um, and you don't know anything about River Phoenix, then, well, you can wait for the River Phoenix stuff because we're going to do an episode on him. So, don't learn anything about him yet. <laughs> so, can I add one thing? For sure. Just taking a slight half step back. Yep. When he's doing, when, when Keanu is doing you know, River's Edge and Dangerous Liaisons, Parenthood, as you had mentioned, Mm -hmm. he was uh, moonlighting, he moonlighted in a music video. Yes. Yeah. And now I remember this song because I was a massive 
Ab- uh, Paula Abdul fan. Right. And when Rush Rush came out, yeah. I loved that song. <laughs> I still yeah. do. It's yeah. a it's a take on you know Rebel Without a Cause, and he plays a James a James Dean character in it. Yeah. But at that point in time, you can start seeing him being billed as this sexy guy, and, yeah. and obviously that leads to the most desirable thing, and and obviously your massive crush on him. Yeah, I mean, so he's, I just wanted to handsome. Right? Fair Not that we needed handsome. to justify it. Yeah. So, so that's uh, ninety one for him. Uh, big year for him, uh, but uh, it's going to get fucking huge as mm-hmm. we move on here. So ninety one, that was a big year. Uh, on the horizon, there is something coming that is going to make him a fucking household name. So, but first in ninety two. Now this one I haven't seen because it falls in the horror genre, and whether it's scary or not, I don't fucking care. I probably will never watch it. Uh, but uh, anyway, we're probably going to watch it tonight. Yeah, he, probably going to watch it tonight. He stars in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Jonathan Harker alongside, of course, this fucking phenomenal uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. um, Winona Ryder, and I said this to you last night and I'm going to say it again I think one of the most versatile and personally I think one of the greatest actors ever uh, Dracula himself Gary Oldman yes um, the tagline for this movie um, I never saw it but the tagline for this movie is simple love never dies yeah and so why would it yeah you're Dracula yeah I have no idea because I haven't seen it and I don't give a fuck anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> so I I have something really funny about this, okay? I think it's hilarious, and it's going to come to play later on, but I, I'd have to tell you this. So it's between uh, Keanu and Winona Ryder. Oh, you're okay. No, go for it. Yeah, that's okay. great. All right. So there's a scene in the movie where apparently they're married. So they are married. The funny thing is, is this is how Winona Ryder describes this. Uh, She says this in 2018. She says her and Keanu were married by a Romanian priest who conducted their character's marriage in the movie. Well, he was a real priest. So she believes it's a real marriage and they're still married to this day. (laughs) So this all came out when they were doing, uh, they were doing uh, um, rounds for some fucking movie that they filmed called destination wedding um anyway uh so apparently winona still believes that her and keanu are married she apparently she's never been married uh since Uh, i I know she's had some pretty high profile uh boyfriends um and i'm not really gonna get into her very much but anyway she uh yeah so she she 100 believes that uh they are married she's a fucking weird human being <laughs> she really is. I don't know much about her. Uh, I, I the stuff I do remember, I just remember her being fucking weird. Didn't I she mean, have an, an instant where she was going through um, stealing things? Like she was a klepto, right? Yeah, she got she got charged with uh, with stealing from. Uh, fuck, I want to say it was like Tiffany's or some big yeah. store like that. Yeah, uh, she got caught. Uh, she might have actually been. She might have actually been diagnosed at that point in time as being kleptomaniac. Yeah, I, I do remember that being thrown around when yeah. it happened. I know she. Uh, there's pretty famous pictures out there of her in court sitting there uh, being sentenced and whatnot. So, wow. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's ninety. Uh, that's ninety two. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't really have much else for him in ninety two. I think that was that was it. But I mean, so far some of the names that he has has starred with, like uh, Patrick Swayze and Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman and some like he's 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 building a fucking resume here, which is which is really nice. Absolutely. Um, so here we go. Ninety three now. 93 is a huge year for him, but not for what you think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so 
a tragedy is going to strike poor Keanu here. And this is going to be the first of a few here. But he does three movies this year. Um, I have not seen any of them. Which uh, ones were they? Much Ado About Nothing, mm. um, which I believe is Shakespeare. an updated Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Little Buddha. Mm. Um, I haven't seen any of them, but here's some of the people that he stars with in these movies. Uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Okay. Great actor. Emma Thompson. Mm. Uh, Uma Thurman again. Uh, John Hurt. We just, <laughs> we just talked about John it last Hurt, yeah. night. Um, not to be confused with William Hurt because they, they look do not nothing look, alike. They don't look similar at all. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. Oh, nice. Uh, Crispin Glover. Another oh. weird fucking dude. Uh, Bridget Fonda. Um, Mr. Miyagi himself. Pat Morita. Amazing. R.I.P. Yes. And I can only imagine that she was fucking super hot back then as she is now. Kate Beckinsale, who is an upcoming wow. actress in Hollywood at this time. Um, she wouldn't get her big break until later. But uh, anyway, also, he stars with another Phoenix family member. And this is Rain Phoenix, the sister mm. of the Phoenix clan. Ah, so here, this brings us to the Phoenixes, and uh, this is a major, major event in Keanu's life, and this is right before uh, Keanu becomes a larger-than-life star. So, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, because we're going to do an f- episode on River Phoenix, but this is a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> so, if you don't know anything about uh, River Phoenix, and you don't want to hear this spoiler, then go and find our episode on River Phoenix, because it should be available by this time. Um <laughs> <laughs> And you can you can hear the the River Phoenix story, um, but I'm not going to get into a lot of this. But I am going to tell you that on October 31st, 1993, at 1:51 a.m., River Phoenix is pronounced dead due to a drug overdose. Hmm. Uh, River family and friends were partying at the famous Viper Room on the Sunset Strip. Which, if you don't know about the Viper Room, then you can look that up as well. It was co-owned by Johnny Depp, another one of the River's friends. Mm. Uh, there's clearly, clearly a lot, and I'm not going to get into much detail, just mm-hmm. the end. It's an incredibly sad loss for his fans. I do remember that when this happened, and I do remember the videos and the tributes and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, his family and, his, and, of course, his close friend, Keanu, who who was not... He was not present that night at the Viper Room um, when this. He was he was busy filming his breakout movie. Um, Keanu is a very private guy, as we know, and we've mentioned uh, he does he doesn't comment much on River's death, and when he does, it's brief. Um, he is quoted as saying, "What could I say? I miss him a lot." Um, that's it. <laughs> Really, what can I say? I miss him a lot. Later on, he is he does give a little bit more. He said, we shared an artistic sensibility. River was just so down to earth, spiritual, and a unique artist. And yeah, I miss him. Mm-hmm. So uh, drugs were kind of a theme around him. Uh, like we'd mentioned, his dad was arrested and sentenced for 10 years for possession of heroin and cocaine. Um, Keanu would go on to say, the dangers of drugs are relative and the importance of a spiritual life is excuse me, is very great. The world is tough. You know, I have had the opportunity to travel and meet extraordinary people. I try to keep that within me. What do you think of that? That's, it's pretty, it's, it's very spiritual and and it it resonates a lot with me because uh, of the journey that I've been on and really coming up against the spirituality side of things Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of just kind of perspective on life. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 
this is a, another tragic event. Um, more so, I would say that his dad leaving him when he was a kid is tragic, but this feels like this is a little more significant in Keanu's life. And 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 from watching my own private Idaho today, today and seeing the two of them on screen together, what could have come mm-hmm. from the two of them together? I'm sure they would have starred in other movies. There, there, there's a whole, and we'll get into that in the River episode, but there was a whole list of projects that River was slated to, to do. Mm-hmm. And you can only imagine if Keanu had been along with him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, as for Keanu's drug use, I mean, it, it is reported. It's out there. You want to find it, look into it. Uh, I, I'm i the last person who would judge anybody for drug use having my own past addiction problems. Mm. Um, but maybe this was a wake-up call for Keanu. I don't know. Mm. Um, like I said, he doesn't comment a, a lot on, on River Phoenix. Nor, nor should he. I don't feel like he... I, I feel like with celebrities, we're always in their face trying to get the next soundbite, trying to get their... And there's a lot of things that happen in people's lives, whether they're famous or not. They don't, fuck, fuck, we don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, we've all gone through uh, our own experiences with death and whatnot. And I feel like I don't need somebody in my face saying, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Like, fuck off. Yeah. Let me, how I feel about it is how I feel about it. And uh, he answers their questions. I feel like he does answer their questions in a, in a way where it's like, you got your fucking answer. Move on. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me deal with, with this. So, um, so that's 93, a huge, huge year uh, for him, be- and not because of acting, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big loss for him. But to add a little uh, levity here, he's still so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So here it is, 1994. This is the year. Mm-hmm. This is the role. This mm-hmm. is the one. Makes him a household name. Mm-hmm. Now, the character's name, and I know you know this movie, uh, mm-hmm. the character's name is Jack Traven. And you know this movie. I know you know this movie. But what I'm going to say about this movie is it possibly has one of the dumbest fucking premises I have ever fucking (laughs) come across in my entire fucking life. (laughs) So before we do that, let's just fucking tell you. He stars with... Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. who is uh, is coming out, and also another late great Dennis Hopper, mm-hmm. <laughs> another weird fucking dude. Oh my god. Um, okay, here's the tagline for the movie. Are you Go. ready for this shit? Tell me. Get ready for rush hour. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This movie would fucking bring home 350 million worldwide. That's ridiculous. Of course, we're talking about speed. speed. This is the fucking movie that makes him famous. This is also an indication (laughs) of how, as an audience, Mm -hmm. most people just want to be fed junk food. This is the epitome of absolute garbage making people millions and millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I actually, when we talked about doing this and coming down here and we had the idea of doing a Keanu movie a thon this movie did pop into my brain but I could not say it out loud can't do it because I can't and it even spawned a fucking stupid sequel which thank you Keanu for not starring in thank you for not going <laughs> there <laughs> but I would like to add a couple of things in this point. Yeah, please. As you choke on your disappointment do. and anger all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of things that are really fascinating about speed that 
Taking the movie aside for a moment, yeah. because it really has nothing to do with anything. We've already established it is horrendous. Yes. Okay. Not good. But some of the things that I will say, first of all, in interviews that were done many years later, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Keanu and, and Sandra Bullock were talking separately. And apparently there was some kind of unspoken chemistry between the two of them. I don't know if you're aware of this. Well, they do star in another shit-ass movie together. They do. (laughs) They do. However, this is even after that. Okay. The house that you walk down to from the path. And, you know, we've come up, we've renamed this about seven times in the past day and a half. But but apparently, uh, Sandra Bullock, as Sandra Bullock tells it, every time Keanu would talk to her, she would get all giggly. And when that was presented to Keanu, on one of the talk shows, I don't know, I don't recall which one it was. He says, "Doesn't she know that I had a crush on her back then?" So they had feelings for each other, but yeah. but they, you know, their professionalism superseded it, which which yeah. is great and that's that's fun. But I will also say that he did perform his own stunts on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want there's a scene, there's a, a <laughs> very impactful scene in this movie. Now there's a scene, <laughs> there's a scene. Which you uh, you speed fans out there will remember where oh, he jumps, he, you know he jumps from the car to the the bu- the bus. Oh, I remember his legs hitting the pavement. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Now they were going to use a stunt person for that, yeah. but the film like the filming they didn't know how they would film it. Right. Where they couldn't get the guy's face in. Yeah. And Keanu was like, "No, no, I'm gonna, I'll do that stunt." So yeah. he did it. He committed to the role. He did nice. it. When he was presented with the opportunity to do said sequel, yeah. Speed 2. Cruise control. <laughs> Don't forget that part. It's the most important part. I can't. That's the right there. <laughs> I can't. So here's a couple yeah. of things that I will say. Yeah. So he, Keanu Reeves actually is quoted by saying that in turning down the role for Speed 2, because yeah. Fox Studio was so keen on doing a sequel... Because as you said, yeah, it was a massive box office hit. Yes, he was also filming um, Chain Reaction uh, just around that time, like just afterwards, mm-hmm. and he was starting to get tired of the uh, quote "run and jump for little reason" movies. These that was a nice. quote from from him. So he nice. turned down the role for part two, okay. and he feels that this actually put him in his words, quote unquote, movie jail for ten years. He was not offered another role for ten years from Fox Studios oh, for yeah. turning down that, and he says that it was for turning down the sequel. Wow. And so in, in another one more quote from him mm-hmm. in talking about the sequel, <laughs> he says uh, he says to the director, uh, Jean de Boat, however you pronounce that, quote, you know, boats aren't that fast. <laughs> I will I will turn it back over to you, good sir. Fuck's sakes. That's a pearl from Chuck Spadina. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is as i'm hearing is is it's going to be hard for people to believe that we actually like and respect keanu reeves with the amount of shit that we're going to make fun of movies that he was in oh yeah but, but, but i yeah. but i do i fucking think he's amazing no and, yeah and there's other reasons to that but still speed fuck <laughs> so and i remember watching this with my family at home and uh, I was fucking oh, at 94, so I was like 16 or 18, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, can't do math that quick right now. Anywho, um, so, <laughs> fuck. Okay, so that's 94. He's a fucking huge worldwide star now. So he's, he's going to get. He's made it. Yes, he's made. He's going to get some roles here. He's going to get some movies that I think are in direct correlation to him being now 
one of the it guys in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so 95, uh, we mentioned this already, uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't put a lot into this movie, but the tagline for Johnny Mnemonic is the ultimate hard drive. Oh, boy. So, oh boy. yeah, because he carries around in his brain, right? He's got the, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sure does. All right. So 95, he stars in another movie. Oh, fuck's sakes. Another one that I've just, for some reason, and, and this, I, we talked about this, I I remember seeing this movie in the theater, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why. And when I read the synopsis of this movie, clearly I did not pay attention to the movie in the theater. Anyway, he stars in A Walk in the Clouds. Uh, he plays Paul Sutton, mm. uh, who is a World War II soldier. Um, anyway, the tagline for this, tagline for this movie, a man in search, a woman in need, a story of fate. Oh boy. Oh boy. That sounds like a prequel to the notebook. Yeah. Oh fuck. It could be. I, you know what? It could be. Uh, the only scene I remember from this movie is they were stomping grapes. So they were in a winery for some reason. I think that's where he ends up. And anyway, fuck it. Thank you. So you just mentioned, uh, another movie that comes out the next year in 96, um, starring alongside, uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, and he plays Eddie Kasavlovich, I think. Uh, and that's chain reaction. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. You do? I loved it when it came out. I, yep. I watched it. I was all I was all on board with it. Uh, yep, I dig it. Okay. Well, the tagline for this movie is Reaction Time 8496. So I'm assuming 8496 is the date that it was released. Oh, boy. But anyway, yeah, they that... put that right in the tagline. <laughs> hey, if you want to be known in the annals of time, you have to make sure that you market yourself properly. That's, yep. all, that, that's all that is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in 96, he stars in another movie. Um, and this one is with uh, Cameron Diaz. So in 96, Cameron Diaz was a smoking hot. I Like uh, in the mask. Anyway. Unreal. So uh, he plays Jax Clayton. And this movie is called Feeling Minnesota. Mm. Here's the tagline. Tell me. Anyway, just when she met the man of her dreams, along came her husband to ruin everything. Oh boy! Oh boy! A, t- a, t- a tale of infidelity? Is that? Uh, was that the? Uh, is that? Yeah, I'm. Ass- I'm assuming Cameron Diaz here has two men. One of them being Keanu and struggling, struggling. I mean, you know, Keanu wins hands down. Hey, listen, I don't know who the husband was, but there's no way you're going to go toe-to-toe with Keanu and and win on a handsome scale. Yeah, I did not include who the other actor was, so it clearly was not important. Obviously. So that's 96, a couple movies, 97. We're building to what is... We're gonna we're gonna talk about this, so you don't have to answer this right now, but we're building to what is going to be, I think, his biggest role Mm -hmm. ever. There may be some debate, but... So, 97... He stars in a movie called uh, The Last Time I Committed Suicide, which, of course, uh, <laughs> he plays oh, just called Harry. But uh, there's a couple other uh, Hollywood stars in this one along with him. Thomas Jane, um, who has been in a lot of movies, uh, but The Punisher uh, is, oh, yeah. Yeah, is one. But he's been in a bunch, a bunch of stuff. You recognize him. Um, and Adrian Brody. Oh, wow. Yeah, who becomes uber famous down the road he does but it yes. seems short-lived which is weird but uh, this yeah, fucking tagline tell me life is what happens when you're busy making plans well jesus christ that's just a quote that's just lazy <laughs> yeah that's right it's just a- right i mean the title of the movie <laughs> that's last just time quote. i committed suicide well yeah it's the last time oh my god all right so here we go in 97 another giant ro- movie massive massive uh he plays kevin lomax mm-hmm alongside who we will star with a few times, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, the amazing, uh, fuck, you can't say enough about this guy, uh, Al Pacino. And this is uh, the devil's advocate. Um, so there's a <laughs> couple taglines for this one that I found. Uh, first one, pretty simple. Evil has its winning ways. Sure does. Now, this one. The newest attorney at the world's most powerful law firm has never lost a case. But he's about to lose his soul. Oh, boy. I mean, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. That's a mouthful. So here's the thing is, is if, you don't know, if you don't know what these movies are about, those taglines, fucking nail it. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're not even taglines. They're synopsis. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. What is, that why, one for sure is. Why waste your time being creative and yep. summarizing a movie in, in three words when yep. you can use a paragraph? That's what yep. I've always said. Yeah. More words, the better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tagline's not supposed to be a paragraph long. Anyway. I love right. that movie, by the way. That movie I've watched multiple yeah. times. And when it first came out, I watched it and I really dug it. I didn't know why. Yeah. Uh, I think it was mainly because, you know, there is there are evil overtones to it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie itself? I have, but it would probably okay. be like... Watching it again with fresh eyes if yeah. I watched it. It's it's a fascinating flick and uh, and one of those things that will tie into something I'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that one there and I think it kind of gets brushed under the carpet a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. He's he's soaring here. He is on his way up, as he should be. I mm-hmm. mean, he's so handsome. Uh, but he is about to star in his biggest role ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, but this, there will be some debate for this, I think, because there's another role obviously that comes along later that you could argue is just as huge. Right. Or if not bigger. <laughs> so anyway, on March 31st, 1999, the matrix is released. The tagline, let's get that done first. Reality is a thing of the past. Which it's not bad. It's, it's pretty not good. Bad. It's, it's pretty not good. bad. So of course Reeves plays Neo and some heavy hitters in this movie. And we talked about this last night. Lawrence Fishburne, of course, Carrie Ann Moss and Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh Joe Pantialalala. I love Lano. that guy. He is he's pretty fucking you know one of my favorite roles that he's in is uh in the Bad Boys movies, the fucking Oh, he's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, so, um, but also the Goonies, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so. And he's outstanding in Sopranos. When he comes into Sopranos, out of this world. Never really watched the Sopranos. I know you were a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so before we get into really into him in this... Uh, I don't know if you went over, but you, did you see a, the the list of actors who were supposed to be Neo before it actually got no. to Keanu? Okay, so we have uh, Brandon Lee from The Crow. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if he the reason he didn't get it was because he might be dead at this point. <laughs> I'm sure it's hard. It's, it's yeah. hard to act in that state of yes. existence. Brad Pitt. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a... I don't think I would have been a fan of it. Uh, I do like Brad Pitt, but there's certain roles I like him in than uh, others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who at this time is on a fucking major... He would have been on a terror. He would have been on a Titanic course of... Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's a tagline right there. (laughs) That's a tagline right there. Yeah. Um, You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would not have liked it. And as much as I love this guy, I would not have liked this movie uh, with him in it. And that's Will Smith. Mm. Um, No, He was offered it and he turned it down. And do you know what role he turned it down for? Oh, poor Will. (laughs) Poor Will. He turned it down for Wild Wild West. 
Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a misstep. <laughs> so fucking, I mean, he hasn't yeah. hurt for money or a career, no, but that, no. oh boy. Sometimes so, you just take a shot, right? Yeah. Now there's one other actor that was on this list that I found to be a big surprise because not only would it make, it would make the entire franchise completely different. Mm-hmm. So the other uh, person who was actually offered this role and turned it down was Sandra Bullock. Wow. She was offered the role of Neil. Wow. That would have been so cool. So now in the list that you're talking about here, you would have had early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. And you had... Well, 99 is when it... So they would have started okay, filming sorry. probably 98, 99. Yeah, so late so, yeah. late 90s, okay, yeah. early 2000s, the, like the franchise becomes bonkers massive. Yeah. And you had a uh, a male black actor turned down the role mm-hmm. and then you had a female mm-hmm. lead that would wow that's fascinating yeah okay. and i think probably 99 leo to leo is probably one of the most famous people in the world of course but i mean he's just another white dude right and yeah. not, not to play that yeah hard, well, brad pitt just... i mean it's huge as well but yeah, yeah. But, but yeah yeah that's fascinating though to, to so know that whether whether they were offered to brandon lee brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio i'm not sure they were on a list of who they wanted to start but the role was actually offered to Will Smith, okay. which, as we know later on, his wife would be in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jada Pinkett right. uh, stars in uh, the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yes. So obviously the role went to Keanu, and I can't picture these movies with somebody else. It's really difficult to do because, I mean, as soon as you mention Brad Pitt, I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, one of the things that I love about Keanu's portrayal portrayal of neo Mm -hmm. is that he doesn't necessarily stand out and doesn't really suck up a lot of the oxygen and and i'm a i'm a brad pitt fan yes i I, I like brad pitt i think he would have been too big for that role yeah to be quite honest leo would would be the same way leo is so fucking amazing i'm a massive leo fan but i think that he would bring so much to the role that it would actually rob from the overall story and the sub characters that that are there alongside yeah keanu reeves yep. who i think is is a phenomenal co-star main star mm-hmm. carrier of of movies yeah for sure now my my most outstanding performance in the matrix movies of course is hugo weaving i think that he is just uh, and anytime anybody says anything i and it remotely sounds like this i hear it every time and that's mr anderson absolutely just the way he says it <laughs> Every single time. We talked about yeah. this last night, right? Yeah. In in terms of when we were walking through some of the big roles that he that Keanu has played mm-hmm. in big movies, the box office movies, and I, and I said the same thing to you. Mm-hmm. To me, Hugo Weaving is the star of that movie. Yes. It, that's just my opinion, and I'm sure that there's other mm-hmm. people that have uh, varying opinions. Not to say that Lawrence Fishburne doesn't do an amazing job uh, as Morpheus, but yeah, Hugo Weaving is just, uh, I mean, I've never really been... A Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann Moss fan. Mm-hmm. I think she did fine, whatever. And and the other car- other actors that are in there, Joe Pantelano, Pant- Pant- <laughs> <laughs> however you say his last name. He uh, he's good, of course. So what I was going to say about uh, one more thing about the Matrix here, um, the budget for the Matrix was sixty three million dollars, mm-hmm. which I'm. It's hard to imagine, but ninety nine that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would bring home worldwide four hundred and sixty-six million. Now, this obviously tops that amazing cinematic uh, piece of wonderfulness, Speed. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Keanu. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, four hundred sixty-six million worldwide. We'll get into um, 
what the matrix franchise brings home in total later on it's it's astounding um well it's not now because there's there's movies that get released that do it in one shot now but these three movies uh have done it so anyway during the matrix so from 91 to, to, to 2002, and this is something that you had brought up, was uh, he was in a band called Dogstar. Mm-hmm. They released two albums and an EP during this time. Um, now, if there's anything you'd like to say about Dogstar before we continue, then... Nope. Okay. Something, something, another tragedy is about to happen in, in Keanu's life here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I, I bring up Dogstar, I don't really get much into his his band i do remember when he was in the band and there's a few movies where he's credited for the band as well Mm -hmm. i think he actually plays a character called dog star in one of the movies down the road but uh well one of the things that uh, the only thing that i had noted in terms of that which is kind of speculation Mm -hmm. is its ties to a, a, a really famous band that we know uh which is weezer yeah, uh, when Dogstar was touring, mm-hmm. um, they had uh, they had Weezer open up for them, and that was actually Weezer's first performance in 1992, opening for Dogstar. Wow! So that was pretty massive. Yeah. Okay, so uh, before the Matrix in 1998, um, he's at a party for Dogstar, and he would meet. Uh, <laughs> I'm say that her last name wrong here. I don't know. Uh, her Jennifer. Sime, Sime, Sim, however you say it, it's S-Y-M-E, anyway, mm-hmm. and they would uh, they would begin dating. Um, this led to Jennifer becoming pregnant, and uh, I can't even, this is, this is a hard one for me to read out loud. Mm. On December 24th, 1999, this is, this is happening the same time he's promoting the biggest movie in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is promoting The Matrix, because it just came out a, 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 a few months earlier. On December 24th, 1999, Jennifer gives birth to Ava Archer Syme Reeves. And I apologize once again if I said that name wrong. <sighs> Unfortunately, the baby is stillborn. I can't even fucking... I can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. This is uh, another tragedy that has befallen uh, Keanu here. The couple bro- does break up shortly after this. And unfortunately, when a child dies in a relationship, it's very common that the parents split. Um, you know, there's many theories as to why, whether it's whether it's blame, whether it's they just can't stand to be with each other because of the reminder, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but it's, it happens. So they split up. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this, this tragedy continues for... Keanu here. Uh, he does remain close with Jennifer. Um, and then on April 2nd, 2001, Jennifer is killed in a car crash when she strikes three parked cars in Los Angeles. Um, she was being treated for depression, which makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, her meds were found in the car. Um, and this is where Keanu basically would take close to two years off. Um, one of his friends describes it as Keanu needed peace and time because um, he was scheduled to film the Matrix sequels. And this is why there's a four-year gap between arguably the biggest movie ever at that time. Um, and then there's four years before the sequel comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequels, they both came out the same year. When we talked about at the beginning, the the sad Keanu, the sad Canadian, mm-hmm. th- this is where people, this is where, where, this is why it angered me because I knew what had happened to him. Right. Yeah. 
You know, I think uh, one of the things I've been exploring a lot lately in my personal life is just the human spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I, I really truly feel right now is that if you if you're if you're a comfortable person within yourself, if you know yourself to a certain degree, mm -hmm. which clearly we've I think we've established here growing up, he had some encounters when he was younger. You know, who knows how that altered the way that he views things. Mm -hmm. Of course, that doesn't mean that if tragic things happen to you, they just roll off your back. But mm -hmm. I do think that it prepares you to be able to deal with these things. At certain points in time, you do have to stop and you do have to deal. Everyone's going to have this. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to have loss in degrees, whether one person's loss or tragedy is, is you know, bigger than another's is actually completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I think bottom line is, though, is that this, again, shows the human spirit at work. There's no reports of him diving into a drug hole. Nope. There's no reports of him kind of flying off the handle. Mm -hmm. He took some time off. He made peace the best that you can with those types of tragedies. And he continued on to know to, to do what he is now and, and be known as to what he is now. This, to me, is another example of the human spirit at work. Mm -hmm. You know... He doesn't know who we are. We're just no. kind of discussing this, Yet. right? We're talking about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're definitely going to meet him. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to send this right to his, to him, to his, not, not his agents. Oh, no, right to him. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, We're going to address it to Chuck Spadina. Absolutely. <laughs> After uh, The Matrix and we get into the 2000s here, uh, Keanu has uh, some interesting stuff. And it's going to start here with with what we watched last night and oh like i said to you last night um i feel like i forget that this is a keanu movie and it is by far my favorite keanu movie <laughs> and uh he of course plays shane falco um a superstar college quarterback who chokes under the big game pressure and he gets a second chance when the pro players go on strike, I think this is based loosely based on the NFL strike that happened, I think in like 86 or something along those lines. Okay. Um, there's a few little uh, tidbits, but uh, the movie of course is called the replacements. And um, the tagline for this is pros on strike. Every day guys get to play. Wow. So he stars with um, Orlando Jones, who, Phenomenal actor nowadays, like back then, maybe not would have thought of it, but his portrayal of uh, Nancy on uh, American Gods and mm -hmm. got fired. Fuck you, American Gods, because he was awesome. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, happy himself, John Favreau, mm -hmm. who <laughs> this role for him was awesome and reminded me of that last night, how, how, how much I loved him in that role. It's pretty intense. And um, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> gee. I can't even say it. Gene, I'm uh, not uh, James Conn Hackman. <laughs> James Conn was in this movie twice. Oh, boy. As not James Conn. He was Gene Hackman and, and the other guy. Yeah, so you got totally hooked on that last oh, night. Yeah. How him and the other gentleman, which I don't know his name, the older guy yeah. who was the owner. We'd have, of to, we'd have to look him up. That but... they were both, uh, first of all, they were both Gene Hackman, and then yeah. they both were James Conn. Yeah, it was James Conn playing these two guys. That is correct. And uh, that other actor, he's in big with uh, Tom Hanks. He's uh Yes. Yes. So, and then, of course, I have to mention... Uh, one other actress in this movie, of course, Brooke Langdon, who we didn't 
fine starting much, but fuck, is she ever hot in this movie? She's tremendous. Super I, I will hot. add to this, and this sounds this sounds like you know I'm jumping on the feminist train here, but it's definitely something that I've noticed from movies. Mm-hmm. Just watching it with that critical eye, yeah, is that uh, her character is fucking useless in this movie. Yeah, she's smoking hot. Yeah, of course, and that's mm-hmm. why that's what you're referring to. Yeah, but I mean the way that they write those characters were pretty indicative of movies yeah. uh, in that era, even up until recently. But she yeah. has zero agency. Yeah, she's just so smitten with them which yeah let's be honest well, Keanu, would you <laughs> it's so handsome <laughs> so but um the one of the funny things is as i was reading about this movie um because it's loosely based on the nfl uh strike when they used replacement players um the cheerleaders union is not part of the players union so there was no need for the cheerleaders to be on strike in this movie they could have still been working the regular cheerleaders as we know in in the movie she hires a bunch of exotic dancers to uh fill in for their cheerleaders yeah um which some there is some pretty funny scenes with oh, the yeah. cheerleaders yeah yeah for sure uh that coach that's uh, screaming out he was slapping her in the booty or yeah. whatever <laughs> um <laughs> so but uh, I want to say I had a little tidbit here, uh, and you said something last night that I'm going to get to. But uh, mm-hmm. whenever I used to play like uh, Madden games, and you could create a player, I always created Shane Falco. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, that's amazing. I always put him as a quarterback. Of course, he would win like every Super Bowl and whatever. Oh, that's but, outstanding. Uh, I always uh, created him. Another little uh, tidbit that I read was uh, the Baltimore Ravens actually offered Keanu Reeves a tryout after this movie. I don't know if. Any of the throws that Keanu makes is actually him in this. Uh, we did note yeah. that noticed last night that he's left-handed because yeah. he throws left-handed in the movie. Um, and one thing that you said last night that was that I didn't, I was not really thinking of, but it made a lot of sense was how great was it to hear John Madden and Pat Summerall commentate a football game again? Because us being huge NFL guys, those guys are the guys that we listen to. And John Madden, some of the quotes that John Madden had. <laughs> in his career are fucking legendary of course the 90 percent of the game is half mental is one of my favorite because that's fractions and shit (laughs) so but no it was awesome and and you get to see john madden one of his famous things that john madden was always known for was drawing on the telestrator when you actually get to see it in this movie how he does it with his finger and at one point it almost looks like he's drawing a dick but he just keeps going Um, they really played it well for comedy too because like you know it it was noted back in the day that he would be lost in in his wording and just drawing all over the screen and that's exactly how they played it in the movie was that he was just kind of he was scribbling all over the place and Pat Sarmal is just standing there just looking at him like you fucking guy get off the telestrator yeah I remember actually watching games with with, uh, John Madden commentating like actual NFL games and he I remember him drawing uh, circles around sweat stains on big fat guys (laughs) linemen's and uh, he one of my favorite ones was it was I think it was uh, Monday Night Football and he uh, they showed the Washington Monument, and he drew a picture, or like drew a circle around a camera on the Washington Monument, and then lines, and it said, "Now there's a camera looking at us, and we're looking at that camera, and that camera's looking at us, and we're looking at that camera." And he drew like all these fucking oh circles and shit. Like it was, it's just amazing. Like he, so when you said that last night, I was like, it fucking is good to hear them yeah. because Pat Summerall obviously he passed away, um, and John Madden's still out there, uh, but getting up there and does not commentate anymore. Yeah, he doesn't um, have the same vigor as he once did, right? The no. Guy is like, 170 years old so why would you yeah Yeah. so one of the only other things and and i'll let you get to what you want for this movie but uh one of the only other things i have is of course the most famous quote in the whole fucking movie which is pain heals chicks dig scars glory lasts forever (laughs) 
So, oh, I mean, it was awesome to watch it last night because uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I watched it with my mom and my stepdad. And I just, I loved it back then. I loved the the, the jail scene where they're singing uh, Gloria Gaynor, uh, We Will Survive, yeah. or I Will Survive. And, uh, uh, of course, the the bar fight and the, where his linemen stick up for him yeah. when he t- when they tip the truck over. And, of course, he shoots up the Porsche. <laughs> Porsche. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, and I, I, I had mentioned after that, I was like, oh, one of my favorite parts about that scene is the gangster walk afterwards. Yes. The, the guy with the gangster lean as he's walking. Cause he's like, yeah, yeah, we just fucked up your Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so much to love about that movie. And I'll let you, because uh, you had some awesome things to say after we we finished watching it. Hopefully you remember them, but uh, yeah, go ahead. I it don't was... really recall what uh, what you're referring to, but well, uh, one thing that in you... terms of like co-starring and stuff no, like that? you had said that uh, it wasn't as as campy and as 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 uh, uh, as you remembered it being as silly as you remembered it being. Like it yeah. was, it was, it was, it there held was up. Lot... It was better than what you remembered. Yeah, and there was a lot of parallels to other movies that we we started talking. Yeah, about, right? well, I mean, the whole saving the game at halftime, basically, right from the Water Boy, seemed like similar from the Water Boy, other yeah. than the fact that Falco is not the goofy Adam Sandler Water Boy Bobby no, Boucher yeah. character. But it was like a cleaned up. It was like a cleaned up character. But the the movie definitely is is much better than I I remember it. Mm-hmm. I've always it's always been fond to me mm-hmm. because it was like an under the radar thing. But going back and watching it now, yeah, you see some really strong acting in it which is phenomenal yeah right and gene hackman being in it james con <laughs> i misspoke please edit this out <laughs> you you keep going because but I'm, I'm gonna look up that other guy no so. yeah so you know with with gene hackman in it it really it really brings it to a whole new level one of the things i can't recall exactly what you're referring to so feel free to refresh my memory but uh uh, what I will mention about this is one of the things that, you know, we'll get to a little bit later, but I think it's appropriate to mention now is Keanu's uh, detachment to money, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, yes. is pretty prevalent in a, in a lot of ways. But one of the ways that I found interesting is that he has taken pay cuts in several key movies in order to land big actors. Yeah. So I'll just kind of mention those, some, some that we've already mentioned, mm-hmm. one that we're talking about now, and one that we haven't mentioned just yet that you might. But Devil's Advocate, he took a several million dollar pay cut mm-hmm. in order to land Al Pacino. Okay. Okay. Yep. For replacements, he ends up taking a big pay cut in order to for them to be able to land Gene Hackman. Yes. And then uh, something's got to give. He ends up taking a massive pay cut in that a couple of years after replacements right. to land Jack Nicholson. Right. So like that there goes to show you how he doesn't money is not his main motivator. You know, he's this guy's mm-hmm. motivated by several things. But yeah, I think having a Gene Hackman or a James Con or a James Con. <laughs> Uh, you know, Ack- I, have, I have the other actor's Ackman. actor's name here. His name was Jack Warden. Okay. So James Caan plays Gene Hackman and Jack Warden. Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So and if you guys Jack- don't have the, you don't have the chart out. Yeah. Like if you don't have a chalkboard trying to track yeah. this at this point in time, you have yeah. no idea who stars in this role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Just remember, James Con plays like two other people in this movie. But yeah, I, and I, isn't credited. I like. I don't know how much James Con got paid for this movie, but Jesus. really not enough. Well, apparently, based on this podcast alone, he's going to get a shit ton of royalties. So I don't remember. Yeah. Like I, you know, I spew a lot of shit yeah. that I can't remember on a regular basis. Yeah. So if there was anything that I said last well, night we, that resonated with you, feel yeah, free. we had talked about. Um, 
about how yes this is a Keanu movie but it's such an ensemble that he he doesn't get lost but he's there he's okay so you, you know want me to, you want me to to uh, regale a little bit go yeah you, rant you a wanted little bit. to go on a tangent okay and let me I'm go on gonna this tangent. give you uh give you your your platform to yeah do this. so we haven't obviously <laughs> went through his whole whole list of of movies and accolades but you know I think this is a good example of it though. it's a very good example of it one of the reasons why so we had talked about is is Keanu a good actor you yes. know growing up we we were kind of unsure yes he was parodied a lot yes. celebrity jeopardy that we kind of mentioned last <laughs> yeah, night yes. you know uh, i know kung fu yeah and once again no you don't right so if you're not familiar with that skit look that up uh will will ferrell fucking awesome yeah. as the late great uh, yeah. alex trebek yeah. so um you know there was a lot of parody of of keanu's acting abilities yes. like you had mentioned with point break and you know yelling to the sky that's yeah. always looked at as proof yeah quote unquote that he can't act right okay my theory of this is in learning more about keanu and the type of person he seems to be mm -hmm. that money's not an object and he he really truly loves the craft of movies he's, yes. he's actually been quoted several times saying that he loves movies watching them being yes. in them loves them loves them yes. loves them he has taken millions of dollars of pay cuts in order to land massive actors that no actor in their right mind would be allowed, allowing these people to come on, take money out of their pocket, yeah. take recognition away from them in order to overshine these people. Yeah. I think Keanu Reeves, either either he understands mm -hmm. that being a, a co-actor, like a co, you know, um, a co-star with some of these massive overshadows him so you take a look at some of these these roles that he's played in you know devil's advocate and and you know like like we've talked about even my private idaho which we discussed earlier um being proof that he can actually act mm -hmm. he clearly can he doesn't need to be at the forefront so i think for me this whole conversation of whether keanu can act or not is the wrong question it's mm -hmm. the wrong way to come at it yeah i think you've got to take a look at it and say the people that he's acted with and you've listed a ton of yeah, males and there's females, gonna be more and yeah. there's gonna be more mm -hmm. that in my opinion you kind of forget that he's even in these roles yes. and you even said that yes so there's I don't, lots of movies that i forgot yeah. that he was in so i don't think it's at all a matter of whether he can act yeah. i think it's the fact that he just loves and respects movies so much that he doesn't need to be at the forefront no. and these are again some of the reasons why i'm really growing to love him now i had said to you last night when we were talking about breakout roles yeah. that it wasn't until until john wick came out that I truly started to really like him yes. as an actor. Yep. And it had dawned on me last night as I was talking out my ass, as I normally do, yeah. that this is probably the first role where it's just him. Yeah. It's just him. Yes. He's in a yeah, role you did now. Yeah. Initially I had thought, oh, okay, cool. You know, Keanu Reeves is in a role that's easy for him to do. I really thought that. When I first yeah. watched the first movie, I was like, Yeah, yeah, Keanu's just being Keanu. That's yeah. cool, right? Now that I'm thinking about this on this deep dive, I'm so glad that you've brought me along on this journey because mm -hmm. this is amazing. John Wick is the first opportunity for him to be able to just be on the screen and do his thing. Mm -hmm. Every other thing, Matrix, everything that came before it, he's been in an ensemble cast or he's put himself aside, his ego and his star status. And, and he's 
he's just let it ride its course and it's really worked for him, man. And that right there makes me want to know what the fuck drives you to do that. Well, I I, I think, and, and, and we're going to get a little bit of ahead of ourselves here, but I mentioned earlier about the quotes at the end, there's a quote that I have from him that I think might sum it up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but Mm. I'm glad that uh, I rekindled your fire there for a second. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Because <laughs> I, I remember you I being very impassioned last night as you were telling me all this, and I may not have been in the right frame of mind to hear it. I, I'm not sure why, but anyway. So the replacements, uh, if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Shane Falco, all-time great character. I mean, he's got, not only did he have the name Chuck Spadina in real life, he has some awesome character names in his movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Johnny Utah and Shane Falco and and, and Neo and, and, and other ones that are going to come along here and, and, and some others that I'm forgetting. But, um, so also in 2000, he moves on. He's in another movie, and I don't know this one, but uh, you've already you've already mentioned one of his uh, co-stars for this movie. Uh, this is uh, called The Watcher, and he plays Griffin uh, alongside uh, James Spader, of course, Ultron himself. Um, and I cannot say how hot this woman has gotten from the beginning to how pretty she has gotten and is still drop-dead gorgeous, and that's Marissa Tomei. And mm. I have had a crush on her since A Different World. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> like and uh she is in the spider-man movies what yeah i mean robert downey jr is 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 correct and to be flirting with her a great deal in these movies um so the tagline for this movie someone wants to play now i have no idea what the fuck this movie's about because i have not watched it uh but now knowing that marissa tomei is in it i may go back and check it out <laughs> I don't remember what the movie is. I'd have to no. go back and watch it, but yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned it because one of the one of the things it's noted that he was actually tricked into doing this movie. Really, this is not. I did not read this. So apparently, a friend of his, and and it gets a little loose with that term, like yeah. friend, and they say argue. You know, maybe a, a former friend, whatever the case yeah. might be. But apparently, they forged his signature on this contract, and then he's quoted as saying, "I couldn't prove that he did it." But I didn't want to be sued, so I had no other choice but to do the film. Wow! So that so it would might... be interesting to watch to see if that affects him. Yeah, yeah, that's this, a very good point, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, well, we might have to find that and, and check that out to Sounds see if it does affect him. Um, also, in two thousand, another movie, and um, I'm going to tell you right now, I did not watch this movie because he was in it. Uh, this is called The Gift. Uh, he plays Donnie Barksdale alongside another Hollywood heavyweight, Kate Blanchett. Uh, phenomenal weird fucking dude Giovanni Ribisi mm-hmm. uh, who anytime I hear his name I picture the dance from Ted now um, <laughs> amazing so amazing. Uh, but he amazing actor in and himself Giovanni Ribisi is um, and the reason I actually watched this movie was because of another crush I had uh, Katie Holmes and you see her boobs so <laughs> which is which is highlighted in uh <laughs> Yeah. in uh, white castle yeah right Harold oh yes. Kumar. yes that's true that's right i forgot all about that yes they, yeah. the, that's the reason they're going to see it is because you see katie holmes's boobs and i and i believe that's the reason i watched it was because i saw katie holmes's yeah, boobs probably um, everybody at that point i mean i don't know where it was that i uh, i saw katie holmes to become a fan of her i some probably some movie she was in it had nothing to do with any tv show she was on moving along uh she <laughs> somebody didn't have the box set <laughs> yeah, yeah. to that particular yeah, all, show all six seasons um we uh the tagline for this um movie is it was the perfect crime 
except someone saw it all. Mm-hmm. And the tag line, I believe, is referring to Katie's boobs. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, no and I refreshed my memory as I was researching this to uh, find a picture of uh, the said boobs. And I know that we're in a time uh, where objectifying women is, 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 is frowned upon, but fuck you guys, I'm old school, so I will still love boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think boobs are okay as long as you have a healthy respect for where they're yeah. coming from. Absolutely. Um, I don't remember... Katie's reaction to actually doing the 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 nude scene but uh whatever I'm glad she did um so that's 2000 uh unless you have anything else to add to about those uh 2001 here comes another shit-ass movie that uh um you know I really do love this guy but there are movies that come along that he's in that I'm just like what the fuck but I understand for your career you're gonna do stuff so and also uh, he stars along another Hollywood hottie here, uh, so which he's he's starred with before. Anyway, he plays Nelson Moss, and this movie is called Sweet November. Oh, I uh, never watched it. Yeah, it's something to do with uh, they date for a month uh, for him to gain experience. I thought he was dying or something, or she was dying, but they date for the month of November for some reason. Um, and it's Charlize Theron that he that he stars with in this one. Um, and the the tagline for this movie is uh, she just needed a month to change his life forever. Oh God, which sounds we are not sounds horrible. We're today. not going to unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, yeah. Also in two thousand and one, and I remember this movie, but another one that I forgot that um, uh, that he has uh, that he starred in here. Anyway, so uh, Hardball. Is the movie that I'm talking of? He plays Connor O'Neill uh, alongside Diane Lane, who who I've always thought was a very beautiful woman, um, up and she's down. Such a phenomenal actress, and she's a great actress, she's of like course. I mean, close. I should have led with that, other than her being beautiful. But no, no, it's. Great. I mean, I led with uh, Keanu Reeves being super handsome, so I might I can lead with whatever yeah, we're the fuck I want. It's my podcast, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> so Fact. the tagline for this one uh, basically gives away the entire premise of the movie. It's the story of ten kids in a coach who never had a chance until they took a chance on each other. Oh, my God. So... like Bad News Bears, right? Yeah. So after this, 2001, this is when uh, his uh, former girlfriend, Jennifer, passed away in 2001. So this is where he kind of takes close to a two-year little hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he... After he returns in 2003, uh, this is... He returns to... Arguably his biggest role ever um, as Neo uh, in the, the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, Reloaded and Revolutions. And they're both released in 2003. Now, altogether, the Matrix films uh, have earned a box office uh, amount of $1.6 billion. Mm. And that's so far. Because mm-hmm. as we know, there is the Matrix 4 is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, supposed so, to be released yeah. last year, but yeah. we released this November, I believe, or yeah. this December, I believe. Yeah. So uh, it's not too bad for the Matrix movies here. To 1.6 billion, and 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 like we said, like I have a hard time with the second one mm-hmm. because of that fucking scene with the uh, the old man explaining everything. Not that I didn't understand it. I think the first time I watched it, I didn't understand it. I was like, oh fuck, is this stupid shit? But anyway. Even watching it back again, mm-hmm. as it makes sense as to what's happening, I just had an issue. I don't know what your feelings are on the sequels, but... You know, I 
I, I like them. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just said to Kat the other day that I don't fully understand the franchise. Now, mm-hmm. we watched the first part last year. Right. Uh, well, might be under the influence of some mind-expanding substances, which was perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't watch the other two, and we're going to end up watching them. Those are going to be on like the very near future for us. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to get her perspective on that explanation. My feeling at this point in time, though, oh, is yeah. that... A little, little side note. Yeah. She's a super genius, whether she wants people to know that or not. She, she absolutely is. She's a super genius. She, so 100%. I'm definitely interested to hear what she has yeah, to say as you well. You talk about hitting Grand Slam touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. I don't know what the hell I did, but goddamn. Yeah. Uh, no, she's she's awesome. So I'm going to be able... Like, I want to pick her brain because... You know, one of the things that we have, um, and sorry for a little bit of a side tangent here, yeah. but one of the things that we have noticed in watching Christopher Nolan movies is that Christopher Nolan explores some really interesting things, some interesting mm-hmm. topics in Inception and so on, and mm-hmm. his last movie, Tenet, which we yeah. watched. I don't I know if you've seen it those, yet, no. but we've watched these movies and, you know, Nolan has gained this status of being phenomenal visually mm-hmm. and sto- so on. But I think the premises that he's coming up with are not as intelligent as they are presented. Yeah. Now, and backing up, going in back to the Matrix, I want to know if that explanation there makes sense because I don't really know the grand, like there's so much overarching in the Matrix that mm-hmm. I don't fully understand it to beginning to end. I don't claim no. to know it from beginning to end. No. And so I, 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 I don't have a problem with it. And I've yeah. watched it a couple of times through mm-hmm. a couple of different eyes. And I've never had a problem with it, but I, I still don't fully understand it. So I think yeah. that there's just something I'm missing. Yeah. But I think the information is there. Well, it's I I actually uh, have come up with uh, not like a comparison of what they're exactly like, but uh, but how the matrix is matrix is with its layers that it takes multiple viewings to 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 pick up everything that's going on and that's with something that is near and dear to us is rick and morty yeah. uh, the layers and layer you can watch rick and morty as someone who doesn't want to understand what's going on and enjoy the show my kids watch it and they're, they they there's no way we're comprehending everything there's no way they are yeah. but they watch it uh, you know, father of the year for letting them watch it, but whatever no judgment. they, they, they watch it and they love it because they think it's hilarious mm-hmm. where we watch it. And what hooked us onto it was we started to notice, yes, we thought it was funny in the beginning and all oh, this was great, but we started to notice the layers, the layers, the layers. And you, I think you said earlier, you're on your fourth go round on mm-hmm. the old series. I've watched it three or four times now myself. And every single time I pick something else up and I found when I watched the, the first matrix with uh, my sons, because I was introducing them to it, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I picked up other stuff that I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I didn't get that. And, and not that the Rick and Morty and the matrix are anything alike in any way, but it's that, that those layers of, 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 of thing, more things that you pick up yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah. um, so that's what I would say, man, is I would go back. Like if you're, if you're think if you're wondering about the sequels, cause Kat had the same question, I would say go back and watch it through fresh eyes and you're going to pick up more than you did before. Yeah. Because I know that I have, and I'm, I still feel like I'm 30, 30% way oh. through that understanding. Process. Yeah. Oh, probably like, I, I, and I don't think I'll ever get it because yeah. there is some things that are, are, are above, above my, I don't want to say intelligence because I do, I do consider myself an intelligent person. It's just yeah. where I devote my energy to and where I devote that, that, that thought process to 
that's not up there. That's yeah. not up there. And and if I really wanted to sit down and comprehend it, I know how long it would take me, and it would take me a long time. And I don't have the energy to sit and do that anymore. So I mean, it is what it is, right? Speaking yeah. from somebody who has looked into simulation theory quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, I've I've tried to tried to understand it from different points of view. Yeah it really feels like it's holding up, you know, late, late nineties, early two thousands. We're now in 2021. Yeah. And this story is really starting to come to light because a lot of simulation theory talk has yes. been at the forefront over the past five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's really starting to become popular, popular, popular culture. Sorry about that. Yeah. And so it's, it's holding up. It's not falling in on itself, no. man. So there's, there's something there when they wrote this thing, they, they yeah. knew that they were tempering a lot with a theory of course. Yeah. Um, but it, it hasn't completely been disproven. No. So, it, well, you can, you can almost see that the actual technology that they're trying to, uh, bring to life in these movies, we're actually catching up to that technology in real life. Yeah. Now, now some of the stuff they, is probably like so far advanced that, but other stuff, I'm not saying like the, the sentient robots and whatnot and stuff, that kind of shit, but there is stuff in these movies that we are catching the virtual reality. Mm-hmm. What he does to learn is, I learned Kung Fu, uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. That's, that's basic virtual reality. Now, we're not being programmed to learn that stuff at the speeds that he is, but that is virtual reality, and that's what it is. And and you have uh, Oculus, I believe. Yep. We've got the PS4 VR at home, and it's that's that's where it's heading, and it's it's... I hope I'm here for it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's, so, and that's just going to get expanded out more. Oh, and and just sure. the uh, just the brief experience that I've had over the past month with the Oculus, mm-hmm. you can really start to see how the brain processes things differently mm-hmm. and your body is processing things differently yeah. based on these experiences. So yeah, man, they're, they're, it's, it's a really, it holds up really well in my opinion. Yeah. So after The Matrix here, 2003, the, the, the second year of The Matrix's movies, um, from 2003 to 2013, he's arguably one of the largest movie stars in the world, but he doesn't really do a lot in this decade. And I don't know if that ties into turning down the speed thing. That seems that seems later. But mm-hmm. for 2003 to 2013, he just kind of kind of goes along with it. Now he does the. You mentioned this movie already in 2003. He also is in Something's Got to Give, mm-hmm. um, where you said he took the pay cut to get uh, Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he plays Julian Mercer alongside. Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, another f- phenomenal actress. Amazing. Um, no tagline for this movie. No. There is no tagline for this movie. Wow. So bold choice, right? It's a bold, bold strategy. Bold God. strategy. <laughs> See how it plays out. Uh, so then, two thousand three to two thousand five. I don't have much on him in those two years, other than the Matrix isn't something I get. And then two thousand and five, one other one that we watched last night, and was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I got to say, I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I think I said a few times last night to you that I will give it another go. Um, which he plays John Constantine. Mm-hmm. The title role in Constantine, yep. alongside oh, Rachel Weiss. Oh, yeah, she's phenomenal. Oh, yeah, uh, and uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, LaBeouf. A young LaBeouf. A, a long, a young LaBeouf. 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 This is after even Stevens and before uh, Indiana Jones uh, Four or whatever that was. Um, the tagline for this one: "The wager between heaven and hell is on Earth." Oh yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this was this was a movie that you hadn't seen before, nope. which was really cool. Like you said, mm-hmm. this is a movie that I have loved since it came out. Yeah, I watched this movie. I have watched this movie. No word of a lie, ten, yeah. ten times. 
And, uh, and when you said that you wanted to watch it, I was like, yeah, man, I'll give it a go. I thought I was over it. And then we watched it again and I'm like, oh my God, like I really enjoy this movie. And, uh, the, the funny thing was that one of the reasons why this is an honorable mention, you mentioned some of the bigger names mm-hmm. and I hope that I can, I can pronounce his name correctly, <laughs> but Peter Stromer. Yes. Okay. So Peter Stromer plays the devil in it. Yes. And. One of the reasons why I love Constantine so much, yeah. and I had said this to you last night, is because of him. Yeah. We he reprises his or his um, involvement with Keanu's career yes. in coming into John Wick, which yes. blew my mind when I saw him in Wick because it's one of my favorite. The, the fran- that franchise is one of my favorite. Yes. Cat and I were looking into this guy because yeah. you know he plays a Russian uh, a Russian guy in in the Wick movies and, uh, Kat, and Bad Boys too as well and Bad Boys too uh, yes and with Cat with her um, Eastern European background being mm-hmm. Slovak we were like man you know like where is he from he's from Australia yeah right? even... so I had to honorable mention the, yeah. mention Peter because yeah. I love him and yeah that movie for me yeah. is is a, a personal favorite and for for me still held yeah. up. Yeah, cool. What course, did you think of it in terms of watching it for the I'm, I'm going to get time? into that in a second. I okay. just want to mention real, real quick, too, that there was another act, actor in this movie that I didn't mention here and I noticed last night, and that's Tilda Swinton, oh, who man. is probably at this point in her career not who she is now, but at yeah. the same time, a phenomenal actress. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, I think she was known at that point in she, time, she, yeah, she but I didn't been, really yeah. know her that much. We, so, like you had mentioned, uh, her role in The Dead Don't Die is yeah. is, is awesome, yeah. but also uh, uh, the... Lion, uh, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Well, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, okay. yes, as well, but she's also uh, Doctor Strange. She's the, uh, the ancient one mm. in Doctor Strange, which I think she did uh, an amazing job. She reprises that role again, of course, in uh, Endgame. Yes. Um but uh, she's so quirky and so she awesome, is, man. and she's—I uh, don't know. I don't want to say she's odd looking, but she's there's she's unique looking. It's something unique about her, and 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 you're just drawn to watching her. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. and I, I didn't realize until we watched it last night that she was in this. So my thoughts on this movie were: um, I love the the heaven versus hell aspect, and it brought me last night to Supernatural, the TV show Supernatural, mm-hmm. and I because there's a lot of that same type of theme in there. And then we got talking about the demons from Constantine and how they have no missing half their heads. And you said it, there was another something else. Yeah, you there's watched a show that, on Netflix that right way. now called uh, Sweet Home, which is a Korean uh, monster show, right? And they have that too. So it did make me wonder if that was yeah. a, a common demon look, or if they just happened to be inspired. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, for Keanu's performance in this movie, um, I think it's, it falls along in those, those line, the, the lines of Johnny Mnemonic and, and, and Neo and, uh, a chain reaction and, and those kind of, that kind of role where, yeah, that's, that's Keanu. And, and this is where people are looking and going, man, this guy can't act mm-hmm. because there's a few moments in that movie where where he's doing something where the one where he's, where he's coughing up the blood. And I, I'm thinking like, he's really fucking trying to sell this coughing up the blood thing. And it looks, but at the same time, I'm like, no, this is a, this is off of a comic book. And it's really those I've noticed that other people that have tried to do comic book movies that they do get that over, not overacting, but that trying to bring the comic book to life. Yeah. And that's, if, if that was drawn, if that scene was drawn out in a comic book where he's coughing up the blood, it would look exactly like what he did in the movie, basically. Yeah. Right. And 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 I think he, he gets a bad rap, but he's not a he's not a robot. 
and which I've heard people refer to, oh, he's a, he's a robot. He's very stiff and very... Go watch My Own Private Idaho and watch mm. how good of an actor this, this guy is. Yeah. Like, yeah. If anything, he's more free-flowing than, than robotic when you mm-hmm. see him like in, in a bunch of different roles. Yeah. One of the other aspects on, with the coughing that I would add is that Constantine... There's a supernatural element to his yes. character and to wh- what he's gone through and what he's living through. Mm-hmm. When he's coughing, he's not just coughing as a human. No. Right? So yeah. I don't. I think those little, you know, people might say, okay, you're reaching on that one. You know, yeah. you, you, you love this guy clearly, so you're just going to give him a free pass. But yeah. no, I, I think you're right, man. I think there's a comic book element. There's a supernatural element that he's yeah. not going to act like a normal human being no. would in those kind of instances. Yeah. the The way he closes his lighter, too, is very, like, overdone but yeah once again that would be right in the pages of the comic book that's what it would look like and i think i don't know for me personally i think he did good and i enjoyed the movie like i said i'm gonna watch it again my sons might enjoy it because they're getting into like monster type movies and demons and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i'll definitely uh i'll give it another go um so that's that's 2005 um 2006 now here's one that i haven't seen you mentioned it and you said that you'd liked it that's a scanner darkly Mm -hmm. um the magic fucking school bus house or whatever the fuck that is also it comes out in 2006 it's called the lake house starring uh sandra bullock with him um and i think uh i remember i actually think rosie watching this and and whatever down the road but i never watched it the lake house i don't know scanner darkly i don't know if i've seen it maybe mm-hmm. if i started watching it, i'd be like oh yeah or maybe i'd be like no i've never seen this so mm-hmm. i i have in here like i was asking you for your thoughts on that movie because uh, i know it's one that it was brought up a lot was i was doing research for him but it's not one that i have any experience i'll be honest with, with you i i missed this by a couple of a couple of weeks because in terms of being able to give you my honest opinion yeah i watched it years ago yeah and so my fresh eyes don't even really recall it yeah it, it's on it's it's literally in our folder to watch right now mm-hmm. um so i can't really offer you much maybe yeah. maybe in a reprisal of it yeah. I, c- I can, but unfortunately, I got nothing. That's perfect. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for no fucking help. You're, no. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, and I got nothing for 2007, mm-hmm. uh, 2008 here. Now, here's one that I don't remember, but I, I maybe a little, I don't know. Street Kings. I don't. No. It's got a big uh, ensemble cast. Uh, I believe uh, Cedric the Entertainer's in it with them, but I don't believe it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. There's a few other. There's a few other people in that, um, but he also does this year um, the remake of "The Day the Earth Stood Still." Now, <sighs> Keanu, I love you. Before I do this, just so you know, but this was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember this movie, uh, but it is a remake of the 1951 classic, "The Day the Earth Stood Still." I I remember he, watching it, but it's yeah. I don't have any I don't have any feelings. Yeah, he plays the alien Clack Two or Clack Toe or whatever the fuck its name is. Yeah, um, I I didn't like it. Okay, uh, he. <sighs> I'd have to go back and watch it, but I remember watching it the first time going, never watching this again, because I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I have also never seen the 1951 version, so... Mm. Um, but anyway, basically, the premise of the movie is uh, Alien comes to Earth and with intentions of destroying the planet. Um, 
and that's him. He, okay. he acts as the alien clack clack two or clack whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. Anyway, so that's two thousand and eight. There's there's fans of that movie that are just freaking out right now. Oh, probably. They <laughs> can fucking bite my dick. I don't give a it's shit. Cracked. Yeah, yeah. Fuck sure it is, man. I don't give two flying fucks. Yeah. Um, I liken it to. Uh, Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds, which is also fucking horrible. And you know what? Fuck you, Tom Cruise. One person will never do on this podcast is Tom Cruise. He can suck my fucking left nut. Um, All right. So nothing from him for a few years here. 2008 to 2013. I've got really nothing. Mm -hmm. So 2013, um, uh, 47 Ronin. So I remember this. I don't remember being interested in it. I do not remember watching it. Uh, he plays Kai, and the tagline for this movie is, there's a legend of 47 warriors who seized eternity. Yeah, I remember watching it and, and enjoying it, but I can't recall you know, anything specific about it because mm-hmm. I, I watched it so many years ago. Yeah. And I, yeah. There's, um, there's a, there was another movie that came out around that same time. Um, that he was in around 47 and it was another uh, kind of uh, similar type movie and I don't even have it written down here but anyway mm-hmm. it must not be important <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly not important <laughs> all right so that leads us into 2014 and mm-hmm. the resurgence mm-hmm. of one Keanu Charles Chuck Spadina Reeves <laughs> all right this is a huge resurgence Massive. we've already mentioned it a couple times mm-hmm. so we this is a um this may may top maybe right now may top the matrix in popularity i'm not sure that's why i said earlier that the role of neo could be debated whether that's his biggest role mm-hmm. ever because mm-hmm. this might fucking topic of mm-hmm. course he plays baba yaga <laughs> the boogeyman which the, boogeyman. the funny thing is is baba yaga is actually female if you go back to the lore anywho well and on, <laughs> on top of that as as kat has taught me the yeah. baba yaga is how they pronounce it in the mm-hmm. first one and it, that's not even really the proper pronunciation yeah. so they've kind of messed up a little bit on that but yeah other than that it's fucking but it's franchise fine. is phenomenal. the boogeyman and yeah of course he is john wick the tagline for this movie don't set him off <laughs> Well, no. one of the things I will say before you before you yeah. go is that in the film that I have literally seen the first one six times. Yes. Um, they talk about him being the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. But Peter uh, Stromier quickly reminds people that he is the one that you sent to kill the boogeyman. Yes. So this guy supersedes the boogeyman. Yes. This John Wick is fucking, he is all kinds of awesome. Yes, he is. He's fucking awesome. And what is... There's a couple things that I love about this movie, but this is one. This is the first one. The name of the movie was not supposed to be John Wick. No, it was not. It was actually called Scorn. Yep. The reason it's called John Wick is because Keanu could not remember the name of the movie. Oh, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) The reason it is called John Wick is because as he was promoting it and as he was telling people about being in this movie, he referred to it as John Wick. The director kept saying, "Uh, yo, like the name of the movie is Scorn. And he'd be like, yeah, 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 John Wick, blah, 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 blah. So the director just said, fuck it and change the name of the movie <laughs> to John Wick. So thank you, Keanu, because I don't know if I would have seen a movie called Scorn. I don't know. I mean, I would have, <laughs> but it's nowhere near as cool as no. naming it after the character. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think it, it directly ties to this is Keanu's franchise. Yes. Period. Yes. Because you've actually named the franchise his character yeah. on top of giving him the clear-cut lead in this movie. Yes. You have made this about Keanu. Yes. And now 
the other thing that I love about this movie and being, uh, for my, most of my life, a pet owner myself, I totally understand. And I could see him doing this in real life. Mm -hmm. This whole movie, (laughs) basically this franchise is because somebody murdered his dog. (laughs) Right. And stole his car, but murdered his his dog. Those two things. Right. And this is what sets fucking the boogeyman or the killer of the boogeyman on the loose and yeah. and and thank you. Yeah. Now, I will say we've talked about that my son uh has issues with animals dying in movies and uh he watched the first one and uh all he took away from the movie was the dog died and I asked him if he wanted to watch the sequel and he said, "Dad, I just can't go through that dog dying again." <laughs> <laughs> this is from an 8-year-old. So, um anyway, yeah. So this is where I'm like is Neo his biggest role? Is John Wick his biggest role? I don't know. My, can you answer my, that? I, I feel I can. Okay, go it ahead. It is 100% his biggest role. John Wick is? It is. Yeah. It is because it stands alone. Like, mm-hmm. for all the reasons that I just said. You know, yeah. the, this franchise is about him. Um, he's he's already achieved superstardom. Yes. And, and I honestly don't think that this is a resurgence, although we've kind of toyed around with this over the mm-hmm. past couple of days. Is it a resurgence? I don't think so, man. I think yeah. this is a culmination. Yeah right of all the things that he's done to finally getting him to a point it's like doing all the right things yeah. in life and then having everything given to you and somebody says oh you were just handed that yeah no no he paid his dues yes. time and time again personally mm-hmm. and professionally in order to have a franchise named after his character and not having anybody like and listen i love some of the co-stars that he's that have been in these franchises mm-hmm. but Nobody takes away from him in no. this movie, period. No. You know, you, you tie it. Like, it's so brilliant the way you start it by killing his dog after yeah. his wife dies of cancer. Yes. Tying into his personal life. Dude, mm. like, this is... How can you say that Neo mm-hmm. is... Neo is massive. Yes. This is Keanu. You should have just named this movie Keanu. Yeah, you could have. You no. could have just done it. There's already one of those, but we'll get well, to that. this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, yeah, so this whole franchise set off that way. But because of the popularity of John Wick, like we said, it's not a resurgence, but fucking Keanu is everywhere. Fucking everywhere. Um, and and he, still, he still manages to keep his private life private. Um, he has a lot of movies, TV show guest spots that come out within the next six years from, from, from 2014 to basically present day here. Um, uh, so, of course, he does uh, the sequels, uh, John Wick Chapter 2 and John Wick uh, Chapter 3 Parabellum. Um, he also has a, a, a role in uh, Toy Story 4. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Duke Kaboom is one of my favorite Toy Story <laughs> characters. He's basically a Canadian uh, evil Knievel. Uh, oh <laughs> which I read is about awesome. it and I haven't seen it yet. So yeah, it's, it's definitely so he, on my list. Yeah, he's, he, Duke Kaboom. Another great fucking character Duke name for him. Uh, he also, in 2018, does that fucking that movie we mentioned with Winona Ryder called Destination Wedding. Sure. You want the tagline for Destination Wedding? Not really. Well, you're going to get it. (laughs) Fuck, this is a hard one to read out loud. Meet two people who aren't meant for anyone, especially each other. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that's 2018. So we're going to go back a couple years. And the reason we're going to go back a couple years is because this is awesome. And you've got a little story that you're going to add to this. This is great. So in 2016, there's a movie that comes out and it is brought to you by Key and Peele and it is named Keanu. (laughs) 
Now, we went to the theater and saw this movie. We also started watching it last night, but we went to the movie and saw this. We went to the theaters and saw this movie. And my favorite part in this whole movie is when they're walking in slow motion down the hallway and he's trying to be gangster. And for no reason, no reason whatsoever, he looks at the guy and screams in his face, What's up, motherfucker? (laughs) And I laughed so hard in the theater and I laughed so hard again last night. But even before that, we totally fucking forgot about yeah. when she like says... Like, my, my favorite part. Yeah, who are you? Who are we? Who aren't we? <laughs> who the fuck aren't we, he says, as he screams in Tiffany Haddish's is, yes. face. And this is uh, Key... How do you Key, say it? Keegan-Michael Key Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan Key. Yeah. So that's who we're quoting there. Yeah. In so, the movie Keanu. So, to get back to how this is linked to uh, Keanu, other than it being called Keanu... Mm-hmm. Um, which they, they do say in it that it, uh, his name means cool breeze, but that was half of it. Cause it's it cool half. breeze over the mountains. That's but, right. uh, anyway, so what is awesome about this is Keanu voices the cat. Yes. So, and then you told me something last night, which yeah. I didn't actually know. So you go ahead. So here's a fact leading up to this. So John Wick in, in, in 2014, okay. Uh, John Wick and Keanu were both developed independently and it was early it was reported early on that Keanu, wa- Keanu was a parody of John Wick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, consequently, uh, Reeves' management actually turned down the offer for Keanu Reeves to appear in the movie Keanu. Mm-hmm. Reeves saw a trailer for Keanu, an initial trailer for the movie. And he reached out to the filmmaker directly to get involved and that's what led to him be making a cameo appearance as the voice of the kitten. Yeah. So you had yeah. said last night that they didn't tell him that he was offered to be involved in yeah, this Yeah, that's movie. correct. Yeah. They no, didn't they tell they him. Just so reached he didn't out know anything about it. He had no idea about it. The management yeah. just turned it down and said, nope, we're not interested. And Keanu yeah. took it upon himself to reach out. He uh, that just goes to show that another, another great thing about him is... It, Maybe he's not taking himself so seriously. I don't know. Uh, Definitely you know, not. But, uh, but that is awesome. The fact that he's the voice of the cat. Now, we started watching it last night. We haven't finished it. I don't remember. Does the cat not just meow through the whole damn thing? I, I think it's at the end. Is oh, he does talk is. at yeah, the end? Yeah, which okay. makes a lot of sense because yeah. I'm pretty sure they kind of added it in after. Okay. Yeah, that's that's perfect. So, um, anyway, that I, I do love that movie and that, uh, <laughs> what's up, motherfucker? Let's still laugh at that. It's so thing. great. Uh, Key has some great lines in that movie. And, of course, Jordan Peele, who uh, you love for other reasons, but he's he's, he's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Um, so, this is another one here coming in 2018. He also is another one. And you asked me if I'd seen it, and I hadn't. It's Replicas. Um, and yes. uh, you had some thoughts on Replicas. Yeah, I watched this, and this is a movie about extracting consciousness from people who are, you know, on the way out, essentially. They're trying to figure out a way to extrapolate that and put it into robots, into AI. And the movie itself is not great. Right. Okay, I will say that. Um, when I watched it initially, I was like, nah. I wasn't even a massive, like I wasn't in my Keanu phase at that point in time, but they did do some fun things in it. Like the the one thing that stands out to me the most that I'll kind of spoil for here. So spoiler That's alert, yeah, it's, it's been out for a few years, Yeah. but in because he's a scientist and then transferring over the consciousness into the robot. Mm-hmm. One of the problems that they were having where the robots are like short circuiting. Oh, okay. And one of the reasons why they're short circuiting, which actually leads into this idea of extrapolating consciousness and putting it in somewhere else mm-hmm. is when the robot 
robots become aware, yeah. they're looking at their hands. Okay. They can't understand why their hands are not their hands and why they're robot hands. So their oh, human consciousness shit. fucking loses their mind and short circuits. Blood fire. And for that <laughs> alone, yeah. exactly. Fuck. For that alone, it would have been a, a beautiful short yeah. movie. Like yeah. a, a, just a sh- but. So they had some fun ideas. Not great. Not great in movie okay. as a whole. Uh, around this time, he also does another one that uh, um, I have not seen. Uh, you mentioned it as well. Knock Knock. Yes. Um, and uh, I don't really know much about that. I remember when it came out, but I don't. Is it, is it a horror movie? Or it's a thriller. thriller? It's a thriller. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, it's, it's basically like, you know, uh, suffering the consequences of your choices and it leading to some pretty fucking nasty shit. Yeah. Uh, not not a bad film. Not a bad film nope. at all. I think one of those ones that people who like that genre, I don't necessarily think it's up your alley, but like that genre, yeah. I think can appreciate some of the stuff that they did with it. And uh, yeah, I, I would go back and watch it. Perfect. So he has another 2019. Um, he has a movie, uh, Netflix's. Uh, Netflix's? Netflix. Netflix. Uh, Always Be My Maybe. He, of course, plays himself, and there's a pretty famous scene uh, in that where he is walking into the restaurant in slow motion and his hair is blowing in the wind. And I got to tell you, it made me pat hard. I... <laughs> you were fucking loading that pat hard up, man. Yeah. You were loading so, it up forever. Yeah, so I was definitely uh, I was definitely moist. And uh, it was because uh, he's so fucking handsome. Uh, I obviously haven't seen the movie, but uh, I it's one that I probably will watch because I, I've heard great things. And that uh, the actor... Uh, the actors that are in it, I guess, are, they're pretty funny. And uh, mm-hmm. we had talked about uh, the one actor because he's in some Marvel stuff, and uh, yes. he's pretty funny in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. And yeah, um, and Ali Wong, I guess, stars Ali in it. Wong. Now, is yeah. this a movie or a show? I thought it was a show. I believe it's a movie. Okay. It's a Netflix okay. movie, and it was like straight to Netflix, I believe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. And now we're gonna... one of the things I'll add to that. Yeah, go ahead. Is that he is a big fan of Ali Wong, and this is the reason why he got involved with this oh, project. Okay. He actually had uh, been contacted, or he contacted them oh, to okay. get directly involved again. Okay, so this is Keanu. He's he's notorious apparently for loving art. Just yes. Art. And so he's reached out to a lot of different artists over the years, yes. and he reached out to Ali Wong. And then apparently, in developing his character, he actually added to the development of his character, which he of course is playing mm-hmm. himself. Yep. Uh, but I guess to his own expense, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. But you know, including wearing glasses that mm-hmm. don't have any glasses or something along those lines just yeah. to add to that character. So he was pretty prevalent in, in the development of that too. And it was purely out of the love and respect of the artists that were involved and wanting to be involved with that project. So nice. again, he just, he just loves this, sh- this shit, man. Cool. All right. So here we go. 2020, he returns to the role that started it all. <laughs> and of course I'm talking about Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> In the third installment of the Bill and Ted franchise, Bill and Ted Face the Music, mm-hmm. alongside his great friend Alex Winter as Bill, who we mentioned earlier, it, it, f- find more about Bill uh, Alex Winter because he is a fascinating guy and he's done a lot more than you think he has. Mm-hmm. Um, the tagline for this is "The future awaits," and uh, I recently just watched this uh, because. It, it was definitely on my list that I've been wanting to watch it for a while. I just hadn't gotten around to it, but I wanted to make sure I watched it before we did this just because what I love <laughs> about this movie is it's still him. He still is him. And even Alex Winter is still Bill. He goes to, he goes out of his way to give that head movement that he, when he talks in the movie that he did in the first two yeah. that you don't notice. You may notice it in this one because you're like, why the fuck is he doing that? But he did it. 
in the first one and then the fact that they brought back the actual actor that played his dad in the first two movies his stepmom uh misty uh well i guess technically bill's uh stepmom first uh but they go through that whole which is funny how he's I think he says at one point, he's like, which makes my dad his own uncle or something along those or something along those lines, how it, how it all goes. Um, anyway, I love, I thought the, the choices for the daughters, I thought they were perfect. The actresses that played the daughters, they did a great job basically encapsulating them as two young females. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's not, yeah you're not going to see it winning fucking huge awards or anything like that. And you might just be like, oh, whatever, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I could, I will definitely in, in, uh, introduce my sons to that franchise and, and, and get them to, to watch it as they get older. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's that, if there's anything that you wanted to add yeah, you about know, it's, uh, Bill it's, and Ted there. I wanted to kind of actually tie in, uh, three movies here that okay, we, ahead. we've talked about. And, and the reason I'm going to tie it in now is because you mentioned Bill and Ted. And so some of the stuff that I was, I was reading here, uh, John Wick franchise might not have existed without the matrix and without John Wick, there might not have been a Bill and Ted three mm-hmm. face the music. Yes. And here's the reasons as to why. So John Wick was actually he had reached out to the choreograph uh, to the choreographers uh and for the direct like to that directed for the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And he got them involved. Okay. And then through bringing the Matrix choreography team that made John Wick what it was. Yeah. You know, and they actually became co-directors on John Wick. And then from John Wick, we get the on the red carpet, apparently he was asked, like the, on the red carpet for John Wick, he was apparently asked about reprising his role in Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. And then it took another five years after that, because that was 2005, it took another five years after that before, you know, Winter created the idea. Mm-hmm. And then they had to find enough support right. for them to be able to get this off the ground. Success of John Wick rekindles the studio interest in making the third part of bill and ted mm-hmm. boom there you have it so wow. you've got you've got one of the biggest box office successes he's mm-hmm. had in the matrix yeah. leading to in my opinion his biggest role reprising what we feel yeah. is his pivotal role how the fuck do you like that that's beautiful but i'm gonna add please do that there is a fan theory out there that i really enjoy mm-hmm. that the whole reason john wick exists is because if you remember in the first Bill and Ted movie, his dad is threatening to send him where? Military school. Oh. The John Wick universe universe is a direct result of an alternate universe <laughs> where Ted Theodore Logan gets sent to military school. <laughs> and he becomes John Wick. I'm down. I'm down for that, so, man. I'd like that I always thought that, that. Was, I thought that was fun, but that's... That John Wick is Ted Theodore Logan if he got sent to military school. So that's, that's fucking... That's amazing. Great science. It's fucking awesome. So also in 2020, he plays Johnny Silverhand in a video game called Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. Which the promos that, that they released for that were freaking amazing. They were awesome. Unfortunately, <laughs> the game fell flat. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of glitches, a lot of problems. It, it uh, demanded gamers to... Uh, get their money back. They did mm. not enjoy the game. Um, so Cyberpunk 2077 has actually been in development for a long, long time. I'm not sure when they 
when they got Keanu on uh, Keanu on board to to uh, to play in this uh, in this video game. I was looking forward to this video game. I was going to get this game, oh. and then I read all the. Okay. Is this supposed to open world concept and I love like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, this is going to be fucking sweet. There was so much about this game that I th- was looking forward to. Now I believe it's back in where they're, they're trying to fix it basically, I think okay. is what's happening. But a lot of people uh, demanded their money back, got their money back. Uh, the game was returned. It's not doing well. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with Keanu being in it. I think it's the gameplay yeah, itself. Wasn't he just part of the promo? Like, and he no, was he's voicing, in the game. He's he a character. It, yeah, right? he's yeah. the character. Well, it looks exactly like him. Like it's mm-hmm. they, they rendered him in the mm-hmm. game or whatever. But uh, he, uh, yeah, so a lot, a lot of gamers were upset. They demanded their money back and got their money back. And then the download was actually removed from their system. So they, they thought that they'd get their money back and get to keep the game. But that's not how it works oh, wow. in the real world. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm hopefully hopefully they they do correct this because I was really looking forward to it. I and not just because Keanu was in it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's the acting on the horizon for him. Uh, obviously, he's got two more John Wick films coming. Uh, Matrix Four, which we're looking forward to. He's got a movie coming out uh, that's in production or pre-production. Uh, I think it's called Rain, where he plays the title character. Okay, it's either John Rain or something along those lines and mm-hmm. then there's a another one that's in development I, I don't remember the name of it offhand but uh here's where this is what i wanted to ask you for keanu's total box office gross worldwide and this includes starring roles co-starring roles ensemble producer and director and other credits all of that added together give me a number as to what you think his total office gross worldwide would be the three Matrix movies alone brought in 1.6 exactly, billion. Exactly. So the total, I'm gonna say 3.2 billion. Higher. Higher. Six. Six billion dollars. Six billion dollars. Six billion dollars. He has brought the entertainment industry. Wow. Six wow. billion dollars. Six billion dollars. He's been involved with. Yeah. That's a. That's that's with a B. That is with that's a, a million B. with a B. Take that's out the B. M. You yeah. put a B in its place. Yeah. And it's a lot more. So. The one thing I, I <laughs> just in case I know you said math was hard. Letters are easy. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so yeah, wow. so this man has brought in six billion dollars worldwide, entertainment wise. Um, as for him personally, super private guy. Uh, from what I understand, just lives in a, an apartment in New York. Uh, he's frequently seen in public, just riding a subway, mm. chilling out, doing nice things for people. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I've read about him has been positive. Um, if you notice any pics that show up where he's with fans, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't touch anybody. That's right. He hovers. Yeah. He may have his arms around them, but he's a hoverer. And uh, they're, I mean, we can speculate as to why that is. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned about the book. So I was going to go back and say here in, in, yeah, go um, for it. Uh, in 2009, he met uh, Alexandra Grant mm-hmm. and they did these books together. Uh, there's one, Ode to Happiness, and the other one's Shadows, a collaborative project by Alexandra Grant and Keanu Reeves. Now, these two, uh, in 2019, they finally went public with their relationship that they've been together. And she's something about her is she's very striking she's just something you know she's very distinguished yes i was actually reading an article on her the other day as to the reason why she won't dye her hair yeah because she has gray hair she sure does yeah and she just says you know it's just the way i feel comfortable i'm natural yep you could see why they would be on the same wavelength as each other even in a comment like that Mm -hmm. i don't want to mythologize their relationship too much but it definitely does seem like a kindred spirit type thing yeah 
Mm-hmm. Now, I want to tell a, a funny story here about mm-hmm. Keanu that I came across, and then we're going to get into some of his, uh, some other things, and I think you're going to touch more on it. But I, but this one, this, and you may have this story. I don't know. This is one of my favorite stories that I came across. He was traveling from San Francisco to Burbank, Los Angeles by plane. The plane had to make an unexpected landing. The travelers had to take a bus the rest of the way from Bakersfield, California, to Burbank. Keanu then took it upon himself on this bus to entertain. So what Keanu does is he gets up and starts reading fun facts about Bakersfield to everybody on the bus. Then he starts YouTubing music native to the Bakersfield area and playing it for them through through this thing, uh, for this bus ride. And, and then... After this bus ride, you can find pictures on the internet where he stopped to pose with all the people from from this this travel. And anybody that has talked about this bus trip said it was amazing. It was hilarious. He was awesome. He was very humble. He was just funny and just it was a shitty situation everybody was in. And he just kind of took over and made it. They probably see it now as one of the greatest days that they've had after, you know, this unexpected landing. And, and afterwards, there's it's funny. You, you can... Uh, it's been reported that he gets to Burbank and he just walks across the street to a Carl's Jr. and starts having a burger. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's there's a lot of stories out there about him and, and you may have some more. Um, one other thing that I think it's going to lead into with you is um, what came out in 2018 about him. And there's a reason for this, and I, I think you're going to tell us more about it. But uh, for years, he has been secretly mm-hmm. funding children's hospitals. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll add to that story of the Bakersfield. Sure. Uh, yeah, he, he not only organized the groups and joined them on the bus to their destination, their final destination. Yes. Um, but in entering of the facts, I know that people are probably dying to know some facts about Bakersfield. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll drop... I'll drop a couple of facts Perfect. through Keanu's uh, mouth. Uh, I'm Excellent. just embodying my best. Keanu, I'm not going to imitate him at all. No. But it's a population of 380,000, making it the ninth most po- popular city in California. Nice. And and the 52nd most popular city in the nation. Excellent. And so there you have it. So Bakersfield, <laughs> if, it's, if it's been on your radar uh, and yeah. you're a Keanu fan and we've spurred you in any way... Yeah. There, there you have it. There's, there's one other Bakersfield fun fact, mm-hmm. and you and I should know this. Mm-hmm. The movie Running Man, where he, the Bakersfield Massacre. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's so funny because I just watched it on the weekend, as yes. I told you. So yeah. I should have made that connection, but I yeah. never even thought about yeah. it. Never even thought so, about it. Yeah. yeah, so there, there is tons. You know, in keeping in line with the stories, I'll, I'll go with the stories and then I'll, I'll move into the uh the philanthropy side of things sure. for for Keanu. Um there's there's number of things out there. It's been pretty noted as to, you know, his um his goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um there was a friend, you know, a, a friend had reported this uh, his friend. So it's kind of secondhand which gets yeah. a little watered down, but apparently this girl this girl's car broke down. Um you know, he ended up stopping on the side of the road this was before cell phones, apparently. Yeah. So he pulled up in his uh, his Porsche, uh, apparently drove 50 miles out of his way to drive her home. And, and she went on record as saying she had hoped that he would hit on her, and he never did. No. So, again, going back to that, you know, not to say that everyone's opportunistic. Yeah. But you could have taken an opportunity right now to say, hey, Keanu. Yeah, had made a pass at me and yeah. didn't. Yep. So this this com- comes out as something in support of that good character. Mm-hmm. Um Apparently at the premiere, so we're going to kind of be jumping back and forth, but For at sure. the premiere yeah. of Toy Story, yes. he was uh, he was asked, or there was a comment made that he is the internet's boyfriend. Yes. And to which he got really embarrassed, apparently, and didn't yeah. even didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. he, did, he just kind of moved on from yeah. it. 
There was a story about a person camping, and apparently Keanu was just camping by himself, <laughs> had his dogs, and came up there. You know, he's just he, he, like the people had dogs, and they're like, "Oh, I love these things." They were Rottweilers. Apparently, yeah. he hung out for a few minutes, and uh, you know, they didn't really realize that it was Keanu until afterwards. Mm-hmm. But that apparently, he was just—he was just in a one-man tent, a cooler, and his Dodge car. And every time somebody looked at him, he'd kind of turn his face, and you know, just kind of enjoying his moment and mm-hmm. his time away from from things which is pretty fascinating Mm -hmm. so these are just stories that i'm going to share and rip through and then we'll get to get through some numbers and stuff but according to a person who'd worked on the set of chain reaction and going back to that movie with uh, morgan freeman Mm -hmm. every day for the last few weeks of filming he would treat the stagehands and the quote grunt workers to uh, free breakfast and lunch Nice. And just a very genuine guy, apparently. Mm-hmm. And this was said on a, a number of different occasions, but went out of his way to, to find out people's names, mm-hmm. genuinely ask them how they are, and actually give a shit about, you know, their lives, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really cool. And then that kind of ties into the philanthropy side of things, which uh, which I did find fascinating because when I started to do the research on this, the very first thing that jumped out at me, actually, I'll share this one from... from uh, Actually, no, I'm not going to go into that. Okay. So the very first thing that I had had found out about him, there was an article written. uh, Keanu Reeves gives away estimated $75 million of his earnings in The Matrix. And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? I never even heard about this. No. I, had you heard anything about uh, this? No. Okay. Not, so not like, the time, no. it's kind of interesting, right? Because we're not focused on that, of course, at the time we're watching mm-hmm. the movies. And I didn't really care about that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. you would still think that it would be a pretty big deal. $75 million yep. is not a lot. Mm-hmm. Or is not a little little bit of money. No, no, no. And, I, and then I thought, okay, maybe this is just a, you know, a, a catch line. Maybe they just, you know, it's... It's candy. So according to well-documented reports at this point in time. So I'm going to walk you through a little bit of what he made and and a little bit about how the deal was broken down. Okay. And it kind of touches on what you've already talked about. So in the first Matrix movie, he made $10 million upfront. Yes. Okay. But he also had a back-end deal that was tied to box office. Okay. Okay. So when it was all said and done for the first part of the Matrix, he made $35 million. Okay. Okay, so Keanu had at that point in time insisted on handing over a significant portion of his back end deal to film special effects and costume designers, which, of course, oh. we know his mom was a costume designer. Yes. So obviously he has respect for these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had went on record as saying, like, listen, without these people, without that, those two groups, mm-hmm. these movies wouldn't be what they are. Yes. I don't think that that's even up for debate. Mm-hmm. If you don't have good special effects, if you don't have costumes, which is what they won awards for, mm-hmm. you don't have a Matrix franchise that grosses yeah. $1.6 billion. For sure. Right? So when he negotiates his second and third part contracts, he ends up... So as you had stated, the the uh, box office earnings on that $1.6 billion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he ends up giving away an estimated $75 million each of the teams, each of the members of those teams that I had mentioned received $1 million per person. Jesus. He handed them $1 million, making them instant millionaires, of course. Yeah. Special effects, costume teams. Okay. Wow. Just for the individuals who uh, worked on the stunts, gave them all Harvey, Harley Davidson motorcycles. He's a big 
motorcycle he's a guy. massive motorcycle yeah. fan and that's well documented as well he learned how to you know uh, ride mm-hmm. motorcycles years ago and he's an avid fan of them uh a personal account on top of that on a uh, on a reddit account it's a crew members uh of family so there so this was a crew member's family just a crew member mm-hmm. a family like a guy who builds the sets not designs them but builds the sets and Keanu had heard that he had some family trouble. Mm-hmm. He gave him a Christmas bonus of $20,000 to help him out. Wow. Just gen- genuinely wants to know people's name, as I said. And mm-hmm. he actually cares about people. Yeah. On top of that, um, he has also supported PETA mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yes. You know, which is so funny because it's not hard to take a look at his films no. and see that love for animals. Yeah. And of course, there's memes everywhere with him with kittens, him with dogs. Yes. He just loves animals. Yes. Now, the thing that I find so fascinating about this is that PETA gets a bad rap. Yeah. You know, and, and hey, listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of groups out there, whether you like them or not. They have a lot of significance and a lot of importance. You know, PETA is one of them. Yeah. Okay. But he's been supporting them for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also been supporting Sick Kids Foundation, Stand Up for Cancer, right? And, you know, some of the things we had touched upon earlier, his sister had leukemia. Yes. She actually was, you know, cured, remission. Awesome. So it's been awesome. over. So he, he spent $5 million in her fight against the disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had set up private cancer foundations for a handful of children's schools, mm-hmm. and he doesn't attach his name to it. No. Right? He just says, I just, he's like, he just, he's so flippant about it. He's like, yeah, we set up some funds yeah. and, uh, you know, we donate some money, and I just let them do their thing. Yeah. It's like, dude, this guy has sat on the ground with homeless people. This guy has, you know, driven people home. He's actually given shit. He's turned down money. He's given away money. He feels that he has got more money than he's ever going to need. Yes. I don't know what more information you need to be convinced that this guy seems to be a genuine human being. But that's yeah. pretty much all I have, man. That's awesome. And and um, yeah, there is a lot of fun stories out there about him. And 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 he his stories fascinate me. Um, of course, uh, the tragedies that he's gone through, um, like we mentioned before, he could have gone a completely different way. Um, but you know, he is, he's who he is. He's, he's a genuine, genuinely nice human being. And, and there's a video, um, online of somebody who just captured on their phone and they're on the subway in New York and he's sitting there by himself on the subway just chilling and the subway stops and the doors open and people come on and nobody's nobody's paying attention to him anyway obviously the person recording recognized him this woman walks in and stands beside him and without hesitation without he stands up and says and points to the seat and she sits down and then he stands there and rides doesn't say a word to anybody and nobody says anything because that that just seems like something he probably does every single time that happened it get it got recorded on and and whatever but like he he reminds me so much of there's a story out there about uh, another person who will probably get an episode uh, Robin Williams and what Robin Williams to do used to do on all of his movies would he would insist that well if we're filming a movie and he would insist hiring homeless people from the area to work on the movie mm-hmm. and paying them so that they could get some I, I mean robin williams uh, history with mental illness and drugs is is legendary mm-hmm. um so there's a reason why he helped people out um but yeah the, the, all the stuff you just described about him helping people and giving away whatever um 
just seems like, yeah. And there's a quote coming up that I think is going to just nail home of how he feels about, uh, about money. Mm-hmm. So, and I th- honestly, I think this is a good spot. So we're going to do these quotes. And I think that's going to be the end of this because I think we've touched on so much about this man that hopefully there'll be a part two mm-hmm. and maybe he'll be sitting here with us. Yeah. <laughs> that would amazing. be fucking awesome. But so here, this is, these are quotes from Keanu himself and you can see his evolution in these quotes from 2006. This one, this is a heavy one. So this, uh, this is, this is a good one. It says grief changes shape, but it never ends. People have a misconception that you can deal with it, but they are wrong. When the people you love are gone, you're alone. Mm. That's a big one mm-hmm. because He's not wrong, <laughs> right? So this one here, this is a little bit later, and you can kind of see how he is, uh, uh, has evolved from that quote in 2006, and this will go along with your money and how he feels about it. This is uh, his quote on happiness. My idea of happiness is related to sleeping with the person I love, sharing dinner with friends, or riding, riding a motorcycle. It has nothing to do with a multi-digit bank, bank balance. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's it. So... This is where we're going to end it. This is probably one of the greatest quotes ever, I think. This is my favorite quote from him. And this happened on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Stephen asked him a question. And Keanu's response was simple, but so impactful that it leaves Stephen speechless. And if you watch it, it, it is. So this is, Stephen asks, what happens to us after we die? And I'd never heard an answer like this before. And it is simple and it's to the point. And this is where we're going to end it. So this is, this is his response. Steven says, what happens to us after we die? Keanu responds, I know the ones who love us will miss us. And that's it. Yep. <laughs> like kaboom. I read that and I needed nothing else. No, no. And, uh, yeah. So that is Keanu Charles Reeves. A.K.A. Chuck Spadina. <laughs> A.K.A. Paige Templeton III. Yes. Uh, we love you. This yeah. was uh, whatever the fuck this is, a profile done by Max and Chris. Um, of, of course, uh, please like, follow, listen, check out our other stuff. Share. Share let people know. Uh, I look forward to River Phoenix. I look more, look forward to more people that we're going to do here. And please, please, please go check out Talk About and like. Follow, listen, share, let everybody know you're gonna hear uh, you're gonna hear Chris interview some uh, some professional people, uh, as well as uh, some expert at nothing guy named Max. Um, <laughs> but uh, I digress. This was awesome, and uh, I am so glad we picked uh, Keanu to do first. Yes. So thank you. Oh, thanks for for doing this, and thanks Keanu. Yes, Keanu, Chuck Spadina. Cheers, everyone. Peace. <laughs>